0: Your relationship with running as a runner is yours. It's no one else's. It's
1: absolutely- you
0: have to, you have to, it, it's going to take you a while to to develop the confidence in yourself to to go down that road, but that is the case. And the quicker you realize that and the quicker you learn that and the quicker you start running with that as your North Star and as your lighthouse, you'll be happier. You can see how your friend does it and you can take a piece or two from them. You can see how some pros do it and you can take a piece or two for them, but build it yourself, construct it yourself. That's it. It sounds simple. It's not, it's not simple. It took me a long time. I still struggle with it, you know, and I'm in, at certain times I'm better than others, but like your relationship with running is yours. No one else can tell you how to have that relationship and just have confidence in the way, and the version of running that you found that you love. Jessica said, Jessica fucking nailed it. She said, find your happy place, find your happy pace.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. I
0: was just like, mm.
1: And so, that on the wall. In really, the in here,
0: dude. So that's, that. I mean, that's my biggest yeah. piece of advice with it all. I, obviously I've gotten too wrapped up in running and I'm on that journey of kind of like leveling out now and not taking myself so seriously and the running so seriously, but truly, Running has been the most powerful thing that I've ever discovered, and I've had a much healthier relationship with it ever since I just started trusting myself and doing it my own way. Yo, PRP listenership, what's good? You finally got me. Let's do this thing. I'm Adam Hughes, and this is the Bear 100 episode of the Pre-Race Podcast, featuring my lovely partner, Lindsey Green. Run, 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 run.
1: Up, PRP listeners. <laughs> we got a big episode today. It's actually an episode that's been high in demand, I would say. Um, if you haven't figured it out yet, no, this is actually not Adam talking right now. <laughs> I know. It's a little surprising. But actually, this is a PRP alum, alumni and super fan, Michelle K. I I have... Commandeered the host Mike for the PRP for this episode.
0: Yay, Michelle.
1: Because we got Adam in the hot seat today. He's ready to go.
0: Feels crazy to be over here. <laughs> I'm liking it less than I thought I would. <laughs> you're
1: giving me a lot of power right now.
0: You, you're in the a lot of trust. You're in the seat with all the power.
1: <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. I feel the power. Yep. So let's get it going.
0: Let's do it. All right. I'm ready.
1: This is. Wait, the host is the guest? <laughs> Edition? It is. We're making PRP history. We right are making now, PRP
0: we? history. I've been one, uh, I've been in the not in the host seat one other time before.
1: One other time, and actually, it was a pretty special episode. When right? this
0: lovely lady here sitting next to us, yeah, took lovely a sw- took Wendy? a swing at her first marathon, her first and only marathon.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you were guest hosting that one, right? I was. So this is first time as the guest. It is. The feel, real. Like I said, scene. it feels a
0: little weird, but I'm excited. <laughs>
1: Good, good, good. I'll try not to fuck it up, I promise. I, I, I trust you. <laughs>
0: all, but all the pressure's on you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> this is the third time's the charm edition. Yeah. So.
0: Lucky number three for lucky me. Lucky number this one.
1: three. Very, it's going to be real lucky. We'll
0: get into it more, but yeah. This yeah. is the third, third uh, consecutive year that I've been trying to conquer this race, so okay. we'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. Are we thinking like. Annual tradition or like no. let's it's time to put this it's to time to put rest. this to bed. Okay, all right, we'll get to I've that. I've
0: told more. Lindsay has uh, Lindsay's very focused on taking pictures right now. Yeah,
1: she's really in the zone. <laughs> put the <laughs> put
0: the camera down. Let's have a conversation now. I mean, We're good. Art, I okay. know you're having a good time. Uh, she's
1: showing her skills.
0: Lindsay has warned me, and all my wonderful family has warned me that uh, they love me and they've supported me, you know, thoroughly over the past three years. But this is uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> at least from a consecutive standpoint, this is the last chance right now at the bear. So,
1: and it's gonna be the best.
0: And one. It is. It is gonna be the best yeah. one.
1: All right. So this is the trails on trails edition.
0: Yeah, it is. It definitely is the yeah. trails on trails edition.
1: Have you always been a trail guy? I mean, no. no I, we'll get to this more, but
0: I started my running journey on the road. I ran <laughs> on the road for oh, three, four years, and it wasn't until I got hurt before the Indianapolis Marathon. Oh,
1: no. Um,
0: 2017, maybe? That I, I... I, like, pulled my hamstring uh, playing, like, intramural volleyball <laughs> like four, four weeks before that and knew that kind of, like, continuing to look for, like, a marathon PR was probably out of the cards. And we were parlaying that uh, race into a little vacation. And I just remember going down there and having this experience of, like, not putting a bunch of pressure on myself a, Mm -hmm. b, having way less like strict rules about food and my bedtime and all these things. And obviously I ran a slower race, but I just remember having way more fun than I'd had at any race to date, taking it slow, uh, you know, not, not vexing myself. And then I finished that race with like what I felt like was gas in the tank. And then that's kind of when I was like, you know, I'd heard about ultra marathons, but hadn't really considered it. And then I started looking into it, and then I haven't haven't gone back since.
1: Haven't turned back.
0: So, haven't turned back to the marathon Full since. on
1: yeah. ultra guy.
0: Yep. So that's where it is for now. We'll see where it goes, but for now. For now, it's trails on trails. But I'm not, like, pavement-averse. I ran a race on the pavement.
2: A race? In New
0: York in twenty March of 22.
2: Yeah, you've done some road marathons, and then that, I mean, that wasn't a marathon, but yeah. You've done some stuff on the road. It's just less... I gotta, think you put less it's pressure gotta be on cool. yourself when you do it.
0: Yeah, it's got to be cool. It's yeah. road, I was
2: going to say, do you really enjoy
1: it the same way?
0: I did. I, that one in New York was sick. It was okay. a checkpoint race, like a 50K, 30 miler actually. It was all around Manhattan. It was a checkpoint race where you didn't know what the checkpoint was until you got to the next one. Was that It was kind of like underground. So it was like we knew where the starting point was. Okay. And then they told us where the first checkpoint was, and you ran to it. And then at nice. the, at the first checkpoint, they tell you where the second checkpoint is.
1: Well, that's a pretty awesome road yeah. road run. That sounds like the Barclay.
0: It is kind of Barclay-esque. Where but you just
1: like take the mm-hmm. piece of paper out yeah. of the book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this is like a little teaser, but stay tuned. That uh, Brent and I and someone else has brought in this idea to the Bandit table, and we're trying to maybe do something like this next year for
1: Bandit oh buddy. Bandit runs. I'm so, excited. stay tuned. All right, we will. <laughs> this is the food is medicine edition oh wow we got got a newly registered
2: dietitian in our do
0: Do you believe in that food is medicine
2: i believe food can be medicine but that's not all it is Uh ah see there you go that's why i need you educating (laughs) What what else can food be food can be a means of enjoyment it doesn't have to necessarily be something that is purposely only for fueling your body It can also be something that fuels your soul or community or social connection, et cetera. I feel like food can do a lot of different things for people, depending on kind of what you need it to do for yourself in that moment. Yeah. There you go. I love that. Mm. Coming from a dietitian too, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is
1: the epic support crew edition. Dude, you got a squad coming out.
0: I know, I hit the free agent. I hit the waiver wire hard this year, dude. (laughs) I picked up some free agents. Uh, Last year's attempt at this was highly supported with people that really loved me, or really loved me, rather, but it wasn't with a lot of people that have ultra experience, per se. It was just the homies trying to help out. Mm -hmm. And wrong with them. And this year, it's like the ultra homies trying to help out. So We'll talk more about it, but yeah, yeah the squad's strong. Like yes, did. Like, like <laughs> if I can't do it with this squad, I probably can't do it. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. So you're going to do it. Yeah, so I'm going to do we it. We know it. So I'm going <laughs> to do it.
1: And then lastly, this is the Bear 100 edition.
0: Yeah, this is. It's a big we're race. Ready to go. It's a special race, too. And uh, we've got some... Uh, my mom and brother were just up... Um, this weekend, actually, about forty-five minutes north of where the race starts, and uh, Are reporting—magnificent uh, fall colors already in swing up there.
1: It's oh, gonna be amazing. And last I year, didn't think about that. yeah,
0: the first year when I pulled out of the race right before it actually happened, uh, and didn't get a run, it was spectacular colors. Last year when I ran it and DNF'd, uh, the colors hadn't turned yet, so it was amazing. But it was just all—it was all green still.
1: It's different.
0: It's, so now it's, it's going to be magical. We're going to have some fall vibes, too. So I'm excited.
1: That's sweet. Very excited. All right. So season three, episode 12 of the Pre-Race Podcast. Woo! Let's get it rolling. Hopefully I don't mess up these buttons. Nice. <laughs> <Someone's> <laughs> nice. You Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, Adam, actually, I'm kicking it to you for the shout-out. Yeah. Because we kind of chatted about this a bit before. We did. And I think you should take the mic for this yeah, one. Yeah, for
0: sure. Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Uh. Yeah, there's so many people in my life that have supported me um, this year that I th- I feel like it was like almost impossible to pick out um, one of the homies or one of the uh, family members or whoever it is because there's just been too much love and too much support this year. But so I'm going with uh, someone that I've discovered this this year. He's an artist. He's a musician. He goes by the name of Charlie Crockett.
3: Woohoo! Yeah, we we love, love Charlie. We love Charlie. Woo.
0: Charlie was an EY, Crockett with two Ts, as he <laughs> would so graciously put it. But, you know, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of random, but I, I have never connected with uh, a musician's work or I think an artist's work, if I'm being frank, this, like, uh, this intimately before in my life. And I, uh, I I kind of found Charlie had been circulating. Dane actually showed me Charlie. Shout out, Dane. Love you, bud. Uh... He showed me Charlie like a year ago, year and change ago. And we had a couple of Charlie songs that were in the kind of, you know, in the shuffle play that were in the saved songs on Spotify. But I had yet to deep dive uh, into his work. And I did so in early April randomly when all the stuff with with my dad was going on before my dad ended up passing away. And when he was going through all the, all the stuff with his surgery. And I, so I think that's a big reason why I've connected with this music so much, but. Charlie is just a tremendous... He's a tremendous musician. He is kind of, like, rooted in blues. But he is Western. He calls himself Gulf Western. Um, He's created his own record label. He hasn't signed with any big records. He does his own thing. He has his own, like... Kind of, like, videographer and photographer that follows him around. And I just... I've I've really fallen in love with his music. And I know I'm biased because I love him so much. But, like, I can't find a, a bad song from the guy. I like when I started discovering... His discography and diving deeper and deeper, the, the deeper I would dive, the more in love I would fall. So, I love Charlie Crockett. Uh, Lindsay and I have got a chance <laughs> to see him twice this yeah.
2: year. Oh, it's, really? He's incredibly talented. But we fell in Fair. love with him,
0: and then we had a huge kind of like trip planned where Dane and uh, Helena came out. Shout out to them. They're the first. They're the PRP pilot episode. Yeah, season one, out. episode one. Uh, <laughs> and we went and hung out in Grand Rapids with Drew and Sid. Shout out to to them too. And like, I've I've, I've had artists that I love that I've gone to their live shows and have been maybe a little discontent with or not disappointed, that sounds too mean. But anyways, we went to Charlie and he just freaking rocked our socks up right off, dude.
1: Was it like an intimate, like smaller venue? Uh,
0: It's smaller,
1: but... Medium size. I would say medium size.
0: He was outdoors. It was in June. He is just a fucking sexual magnet, let's be honest, dude. (laughs) Yeah, he's... The man exudes sexuality. He's a stud. Kind of like Elvis Presley vibes. He's like... He controls the crowd too. He's just a swaggy dude. So anyways, the shout out of the episode is going to Charlie Crockett. I love him. He's helped me uh, mourn the grief that I've had to go through this year. And he's also made me feel more comfortable about the stuff I've been going through. And then kind of, I think on top of it, just watching him do what he does the way he does it and kind of be unapologetically him. I think that's something that I've been gravitating to more. To more recently in my life, over the past few years, of just like people who are who they are and you know don't don't apologize for that and live their life that way. I, I have a lot of respect for that, and I think in a lot of ways that's what I'm trying to do. And so when I see someone do it on such a high level and on such a big stage, it's inspiring to me. So shout out to Charlie Crockett. That's if amazing. you
1: shout out, if you
0: want me to, I made Michelle like an intro playlist, which is like all of his hits, which I tried to keep condensed.
1: It was amazing. But, but it
0: ended up being like 25 <laughs> tracks. If you want that playlist, hit me up on it Instagram was, or email me. It I'll was a
2: perfect like flight music. It was He's beautiful. Great.
0: He's a beautiful man. Just put me in the vibe. Shout out to Charlie.
2: And it's made to listen in order, correct?
0: Yeah, it's made to, it's yeah. curated in order. Charlie, yes. if you listen to this, which you never will, and you ever want to run an ultra marathon, <laughs> hit me up.
1: Hey, we got to <laughs> send this to Charlie. I'm your guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, thank you for it's humoring incredible. me there. appreciate that.
1: It's incredible. There's just something about music, especially when you're, when you're going through something like that
0: music is Music's uh something. never ceases to amaze me how powerful it is in mm-hmm. terms of how it can make you feel you can music can take you from smiling and thinking about things and then to reminiscing and crying within a matter of seconds mm-hmm. it's crazy so music is my favorite form of art for sure and uh i love music so
1: i love it yes perfect shout out Woo! welcome to the prp so, this is a a show where we connect with runners within a week before a big race they've been preparing for. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: I feel like by the way being a host is like the ultimate test of how much of a PRP fan I am. <laughs> I know.
0: You're putting your PRP fandom to
1: I know. to the test here.
0: So far so good. All right. You're doing right, really good. great. Yeah. <laughs> the first part is the hardest, too. It gets easier. got
1: it. Yeah, you got to get through the, it gets easier. the the initial nerves, but now we're now we're rolling. <laughs> So guest hosting with me today, she, as we said before, is a newly licensed registered dietitian and Michigan Medicine employee. Woo. Congrats.
2: Thank you. Yeah. How's the new job? It's good. It's, um, I think it is, so I'm in working inpatient um, and I think it is a really good opportunity to grow my skills and get comfortable going into patient rooms. That's not always something I felt, sometimes I have a hard time like waking people up or I, you know, it's just, it's a vulnerable space for people. So having to go in there and ask people questions and interrupt, you know, their quiet time is hard for me. So I think that in that way it's been good because I'm obviously going in there to help them. Um, so that's like my own mental hurdle that I've been having to get over. But um, yeah, no, I like it so far. My, my coworkers are really great. We have a lot of good sense of humor in the office, which has been really helpful. Um, especially when sometimes you're dealing with things that feel very serious. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. It's been good to be uh, like having something to do besides wake up and take a nap, <laughs> which was great oh, for a period of time. rough but. life over <laughs> I got into a little bit of an anxious abyss, so the structure has been nice. Nice yeah. to get into. The anxious routine. abyss?
0: I haven't heard you call it that, but I would agree that it was an anxious abyss. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I might still be in it, but you know. Shout out,
0: <laughs> Shout out to the anxious abyss. To
2: the anxious abyss. I kind of want to use that. One. I'm, in, I'm in AA, but for something else. Yeah. <laughs> we,
0: we probably won't leave that in. That's yeah, a little yeah, rough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. It is good. It is good. I'll give it to you.
1: She is an on-again, off-again hobby jogger, which was Adam's sentence. We said, do you embrace that? Yeah. Oh, she definitely embraced that. (laughs) And one-time marathoner. It's true. Is it true that you are seemingly retired from running, or is there anything we can do to, you know, bring it back?
3: Mm, I love this. Great, Michelle. (laughs) This is a good
1: question. I know, I planned this. (laughs) Yes, good good job. Um, Like, bring you back without forcing Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta want So,
2: I think I would... I do want to run again at some point. I haven't ran literally, I think, since February. I've run once since February. I injured my knee hiking the Grand Canyon, oh. um, <laughs> which I'm now in PT for. The
0: oh, no. old Canyon knee.
2: Yeah, we call it the Canyon knee. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so that's been kind of like preventing me from running and just doing other modalities of movement. But I think one thing I learned from doing the marathon is that I really... There were so many rewarding things about training for the marathon and running longer distances while I was training. And then, of course, obviously the actual marathon itself. But I think one thing that I really missed when training for the marathon was I just felt like I didn't have space for all the other forms of movement that I love to do. So, like, it didn't feel as purposeful to, like, go for a longer hike or... Um, like go to yoga or do like restorative yoga like all of those things can be very complementary to running and training obviously but finding time to fit them all in your day felt really challenging Yeah. yeah so it was like I only had time for running or cross training on the bike and I just felt really restricted so I think it's been really nice to like have the freedom to do whatever I want but I definitely would like to be able to like get a little bit back um in running form at some point and maybe like run a trail half or something um yeah but nothing nothing crazy i like not i like being Bay able Shore. To, yeah probably not another <laughs> bayshore although there is a small part of me that would like would like some redemption at some point but i'm right. it's not something that i am like purposely focused on i think if it like my life kind of unfolded that way, then I would pursue it. Yeah. Why
0: do you want redemption though? You, but you did it. Basically, sure. yeah, you did, did. did. it. You did the yeah, damn thing. If you, I did do if it. If you went and done that, your marathon with a little buzzer beater action is like, it's as epic as it's going to get. It was stressful. Your second, one stressful. Won, your second <laughs> one's not going to be as eventful. I promise, yeah, you're so. right. Yeah. So if you choose to so. one and done it, you've done good. You and I did. would see you, I could see you doing some trail halves, but yeah,
2: I think you'd I have fun know. with those. I don't know if
0: she'll do it without getting me pressuring her into it. And I mm-hmm. think I'm kind of done pressuring her into which is good running. I'm not like fatigued yeah. from that. I just have learned that you gotta let people do what they're gonna do. Yeah. Except sure. I'll always pressure you, Michelle. So yeah, I'm used to it. It's
3: fine.
2: But <laughs> so
0: then you pressured me into this, so we're even. That is true. Yeah, but I don't know. Like on your own volition, will you, will you run a race, or are you just saying that because you're on the pod right no, now? No, I
2: think I would maybe like to run like another trail half at some point. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I would like go out and necessarily research it myself and stuff like. I think that would be something that I would maybe bring to you, Adam, and, like, be like, okay, let's, like, figure out which one is cool and, like, maybe where we want to, like, go camping for a weekend or something. But um, but I do really – I think that there is something really special about – I'm definitely more of, like, a solo runner, and I think there is something really special about just being able to get outside and, like, move my body, get my heart rate up, which is different than hiking, um, that feels just very, like – it refills my cup. I so, like that. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of about like refinding your relationship with running. Yeah, And for you sure. figuring it out on your own and what, yeah. where you can find the joy with it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Adam says, like if he pushes it on you, then you know, what are you getting out of
2: it? Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, anyone who knows me well (laughs) knows that if you push things on me, it doesn't usually go very well. So it's, it's usually better to let me, uh, make my own (laughs) decision because that's what I'll do anyway.
1: (laughs) I love seeing Adam's face with that right now. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Uh, well, kind of building off of, you know, the activities you like to do. Um, she is, a yoga instructor.
2: I am. Isn't this, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this kind of how you first met Adam? Yeah, it is actually how we first met. So I was a teacher at a yoga studio here in town and Adam came to classes and um, I will be honest that it was originally his hair that nice. piqued my interest. I'm a nice big, yeah, oh, no, big fan you. of the hair. Appreciate it. I saw the hair. He looked like he was a yogi, which little did I know he was very new to yoga at that time. <laughs> that's like, hey, hey I was gonna that's impressive. Him, dude. I'm good at baking, I know. He seemed very Perform. comfortable being in the studio. And I was like, he's definitely been here like for a while. And I had just come back from living abroad for a year. So I didn't know like who was in the studio. Um, Anyway, I saw his hair and I was like, I... Would like that. <laughs> 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 and obviously, you know, that's not exactly what happened. But then, yeah, rom- romance uh, blossomed over time and we developed a friendship and here we are. Beautiful. It was fun.
1: Yeah. Now, was I was have fu- to ask, was the hair down with full
2: flow? No. Uh, no, the
0: hair's like hardly ever down. No. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Mm. I know. I never really let it bang. I never let it bang. <laughs> it I just let it enough. more than I should. Is it banging now? I'll let it bang now. Get some pictures bang. with me. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was good times.
2: It was, it was good times.
0: I got to like have, like, it was fun. Date my yoga instructor, which is like, it's yeah. like a little bit of a fantasy, I, I think. I, if I we would. can all be honest with ourselves, it was
3: cool. I, w-
2: I would like to say that um, I waited a very, very long time to, for Adam to suggest coffee because I didn't, as a yoga teacher, I, I wasn't sure if I was just his favorite teacher or if he was actually interested in me. So I I felt like I didn't. That was a tricky power dynamic. So I just want to put that out there that I.
0: It was a slow burn.
2: I was aware of it that. It took time for <laughs> just sure. Just like yoga.
0: Exactly. Just yeah. like can yoga. You, there you go, Michelle. It. Yeah. Oh, uh, one, one higher. <laughs> nice. Good job. It'll we'll get better. Good job. Good
1: job. <laughs> and she is a proud and skilled culinary artist. Oh, yes. Ooh, artiste, as yeah. one might say. Yeah. Yes. yes. Any favorites?
2: Um, for, for like cooking? We'll go with cooking. Yeah, I think so. I will say I'm not a baker. So as far Neither as girl. yeah, it's just it's not
0: <laughs> kinda of stressful to bake things, man.
2: It's too much measuring. Yeah. It's yeah. too
1: like rigid. You there's can't no, have any flexibility. Yeah.
2: There's no trial and error with baking, you know? It's like if you error, it's messed up. Yeah, the whole thing's fucked. It's not as good. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will say, I don't know, what are some of the good things I've made recently?
0: I mean, I, I don't really know in terms of like what a, you make, but you just like
2: Adam never knows. He just he just gets
1: I'm a
2: very plate spoiled. and he gets to reap the benefits. Yeah, and this. luckily he's not. Adam's not picky at all. So like I can just feed him whatever <laughs> I feel like cooking, which is amazing. I feel
0: like that's what you got to be though. <laughs> Sometimes
2: yeah. you got to put something like especially weird in it yes. and just don't tell him. <laughs> yeah, still eat it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I would tell her though. I'm like <laughs> he would. He's like very a, honest. There's an which open I, line of communication. I, in this I appreciate.
2: Adam's about the only one who can be like super hard critical of my cooking and I actually appreciate it because I feel like it's a chance to grow. Yeah. So last night for dinner, I just made this like crispy zucchini pasta. Great. um, Great job. Which is basically you take zucchini, you slice it up, you toss it in an egg. And I usually do this in like a big bowl or a gallon Ziploc bag. And then um, you add breadcrumbs and grated Parmesan and lemon zest and salt and pepper. (gasps) Italian seasoning and a little crushed red pepper if you want some spice and then you bake it on a baking sheet and the parmesan and the breadcrumbs get like crispy around the zucchini and then they're also kind of like breading it and then you throw it on top of pasta with like a red sauce and it's really good oh my god i gotta do dinner at your (laughs) guys yes please feel free to come over
0: did a good job sometimes when you cook with uh, zucchini not you just in general it can it can get a little slimy
1: yeah.
2: Last
0: night, no slime. A lot slime. of water. No slime yeah. or leftover water.
2: A lot of water and zucchini. So it can yeah. be tricky. Lindsay, and grown in the garden. Yeah, it for was sure. a garden zucchini. Garden grown. Yeah. I
0: think where Lindsay really excels in cooking is, a, just you've changed my diet completely in terms of how clean we eat, and then b, she can just make something when there's not like a plan. Like I can I can make a meal, if I thought about what it is and if I've shopped for what we for what I need and then make it. But you can kind of make bomb-ass shit from, like, we, there's no plan, and then we don't really have that much in the fridge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like,
2: damn, bro. I really— What is this? That's a true artiste. It <laughs> yeah. is, dude.
0: So it's impressive. So that's, I'll, that's, I'll give you some love on that.
2: It's one of my, uh, yeah, my favorite things to, like, see how long I can go without going to the grocery store while still making, like, good food.
0: Which is awesome because we're poor.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really great. Hey, she's got a job. I know. Yeah. Sugar mama. Sugar mama. Um, yeah, so mountains out of, wait, what do they say? Mountains out of molehills? Is yeah. that a thing? That is a thing. Making mountains out of molehills. I've never heard that. That's what, is what that I mean? do.
0: Like make something out of nothing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's you what do. I do in our kitchen. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great way to put it. Amazing. Good job.
1: Thank you. Incredible skills. <laughs> so this is Lindsay Murray.
2: That's Thanks right. for being here. Oh, you're so welcome. Helping I'm me with the hosting duties. <laughs> yeah, no problem.
0: <laughs> you got to explain to people the, the Murray Green difference.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, so, yeah. Wait. So yeah. is Murray your middle name? Murray is my one of my middle names. I actually have two middle names. So you have two middle names, and then Green's your last name. Green is my last name. Yeah. And then Murray um, is inspired from Grand Murray in the UP. Oh,
1: yeah. I do love that. It's funny because I knew that you were Lindsay Green,
2: but I think because of Strava, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh she yeah, it's like that on She tricks you. She's so Yeah, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that on all my all well, my things. I call
0: her Green. That's like I don't I really call her Lindsay ever. Yeah, Green, Greeny, Green Jean. All the that's all, all the <laughs> yeah. source of my nicknames. Green are Jean
2: Panine. Yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> one. That's a, yeah. so. that's a great one. Yeah. I hope
1: that comes out again at some point in this episode. Housekeeping. So we got a few, we're going to go with facts today.
0: Oh, great. And
1: maybe a couple jokes. We'll we'll see what we surprise you with. (laughs) So in the theme of the bear race, Bear 100, I looked up some bear facts. Oh, great. Kind of start us off, right? That's perfect. So first one, did you know that cub bears are actually born blind? Like mice? Like
0: like that's how mice are well, born. Actually,
1: yeah. is that actually why mice they're called three blind, blind mice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you. Wow. See, I'm learning mice it's and bear facts. The PRP today.
0: is a place. To, it's a place to come and get to learn. Really, get <laughs> I inspired I hope that's and learn. Yeah. Listen
2: to it. This is actually a zoology podcast. You did not know. Yeah, so because they're born
1: blind, they stay in their den for the two to three months until, at, like, after they're born.
0: Are they born? Are they blind for that long?
1: They're blind for that long.
0: Oh shit, dude! I mean,
1: you can't go off in the world like you know. Yeah, you can't I be going out could,
0: there blind. But Damn, dude! Two or yeah. three months.
1: Mm-hmm. They're Good born fact. in
0: winter, right? At the well, because they
1: hibernate. They also this was one I learned. They hibernate for like up to a hundred days. Is that when went. the
0: babies are born post hibernation or pre? Yeah. Mm. Oh, see. Are I they developed
1: sure. up more of my bear? Are fat. they it's
2: pregnant? Okay. Are they pregnant when they go into hibernation? I don't how know. long is their gestation oh, period? Oh, that I also found out. Okay. Wow, I learned a lot about uh, bears <laughs> <today>. Educate us. <laughs> so they don't
1: have a, a traditional gestation period. They could be pregnant from anywhere from six months to nine months, depending what? on how many cubs they're having <gasps> or what type of bear they're having. What's wow. the average amount of cubs?
0: How many do they usually have?
1: Um, usually around four, it sounds like. Okay. or Maybe oh. it was up to four. Yeah. You might want to mm. check me on huh. that. Mm. I, know.
0: I would assume that they're pregnant through hibernation.
1: That seems like right? the time to cuz the kids pregnant. wouldn't sleep
0: right away and then they have and then the babies are born in spring and they linger in the den and then they come out in like early summer.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like, "We're ready to go." That's yeah. that's what
0: my hypothesis is going to be there on that life cycle.
1: It's fascinating. We'll see. Yeah, that is fascinating. I have one other one too. Okay, let's do it. So bears have unique nose prints, just kind of like how humans have unique fingerprints.
0: Oh, that's a cool one. Our nose that's prints. So cute. That's a cool that's a cool I fact. I like that one. That's Except cool there's fact. no nose print uh, database. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> <It's> not <legit. laughs> Good luck finding yeah. that bear.
0: That took all your shit. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of bear?
1: Um, I like a good old black bear. You like black? I actually saw one at GLR this year. It was oh, you saw, well, a little scary. A bear
0: in the wild is always fun. It's yeah. different than the zoo or at like a refuge.
1: Especially when it's crossing the road that all the runners are about to come on.
0: Black, mm. black bears, from my experience, I don't have a ton. I've seen two black bears in the wild. Black bears are usually fucking on their own agenda, dude. Damn. They don't ever really seem like they're interested in fucking around with humans. Mm-hmm. They kind of like got a journey that they're on, and they're on that journey. Was that how your bear at GLR was? Or was yeah, it was
1: It was like on a mission, basically. Yeah, it was just kind of like mm-hmm. kinda flopping around. Mm-hmm. I think it was a cub. Nice. Yeah,
2: a well, that's also scary, though, because then a <laughs> yeah, the mom's around. When mom's know. around.
0: What's your favorite bear, Green?
2: Honestly, I guess from a cuteness... From a cuteness standpoint, I, I, know, say, I know what you're going to say. I would say a polar bear. Oh, you're going polar. I what were going, you going to say? I thought you go koala. Oh no, honestly, I don't. I don't think koalas are very cute. That what? That might be a hot take. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you get a close I look think, at them, I think koalas look like like an old man.
0: Mm. Old men are cute though.
2: It's true. They yeah, yeah. Old. It's just a, it's a unique <laughs> some. It's a unique cuteness.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice, nice, Michelle. I'm better at that one.
2: It's gonna be the only one I That's use the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes i
0: Sometimes have to limit myself on that one.
2: Um. So yeah, for cuteness, I would say polar bear, but I I would agree that I think in terms of general all of a bear's quality, I would pick a black bear.
0: Polar bear, uh even more ferocious and nasty than a grizzly Persona- bear.
2: Yeah, personality wise, polar, bears polar bear. Polar bear,
0: easily the most most ruthless bear there is. Yeah. But Easily.
2: They're, they're cute. Yeah, there's like a saying for black
1: bears, grizzly bears, and polar bears. Like what you're supposed to do. Like mm-hmm. one you drop dead for, one you act big, and then one you're just like fucked basically. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that like polar bear? A polar polar bear, bear, you're fucked. Yeah. Fucked.
0: <laughs> polar bear will actually hunt you. Oh my God. For like a, there's stories about polar yes. bears hunting people for days at a time.
2: Terrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, And
0: then grizzly bear, you play dead. <laughs> okay, and okay. black bear, you try to you scare it like a cat. You try to get it to fuck off, but...
1: There we go.
0: You know, I don't really fuck with... I mean I'd like to but like I don't really fuck with going places and in the backcountry at least where there's grizzly bears dude yeah I don't think I can hang in the grizzly bear lifestyle black bears don't freak me out I'm down to camp wherever but you get up into Montana you get up into the northern parts of Idaho you get up into Alaska especially man coming across a grizzly no thank you yeah that's just a little much for me but who knows (laughs) Shout well, out to bears.
1: Shout out to bears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On that note, do you want to give us a bear joke? Oh, Lindsay? sure.
0: Are you feeling confident?
2: <laughs> um. Okay, well, I actually have a couple.
0: Well, you can only choose one.
2: Only one? The best mm-hmm. one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, the first one is in inspiration of good old Jeff here. I thought it would be appropriate for a bear. Okay. Um. Okay. What do you get if you cross a skunk with a bear? What? Do you have a guess? I don't know. That? Winnie the P-U. Oh, that's good. <laughs> nice. That's good. That that's a good one.
0: Well, yeah, well, I'll give you the, I'll
2: give that one's you rank the time. tip thank the cap you. for that yeah, one. Thank you.
1: <laughs> all right, maybe enough about bears, at least that, those types of bears. <laughs> we should get to introducing our guest. Yeah. What do you think, Lynn? Let's do it. He is a beloved podcast host, as we all know. How long have you been doing this? Yeah.
0: I don't know about beloved, but... I know that I, you, I would I know, go with beloved. All right. Hey, well. I'm,
1: I'm, i have a host, Mike.
0: I'll take it. I'll, ta- I'll take the beloved badge, the badge of belovedness. I get,
1: I get to have my intro. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I've been doing this now for two years. Uh, I started, I think the first episode was September of 21. So two, two calendar years, but, uh, three seasons, if that matters to you at all. I've definitely, definitely tried to like take a break from it and not do it year round. I think uh, I think that's good. It's really fun. Uh, and it's really been something that I've fallen in love with. But um, it's a lot of work. So I like to take a little break. Yeah. I like to make sure that I'm hungry and feeling like I got the zest for it when I do it. And I think that reflects in the in the vibes. And for if sure. you keep going. Keeps I mean, shout fresh. out to all the content people in the world that just do it around the clock. Damn. I don't know how they do it.
1: but uh, <laughs> I don't either. And we'll, we'll get more on PRP stuff, too, later on. Okay. Yeah, that keeps it fresh. Um, he is a proud member of Big Brother's Big Sisters. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't
2: know this about you. Yeah,
0: I'm a, I've been a big brother now for, um, I got matched with Corey in 2017. I thought it was 2016. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I moved to Michigan in fall of 2016. So, I, I mean, like August of 2016. Mm. I don't think I got started right away. I think it was spring of 17. So, yeah, shout out to Corey Brown. I love Corey. Uh, Corey is a junior in high school now. He is taller than me. He is cooler than me.
1: Ah, How's all that feel?
0: It feels crazy. (laughs) You know, like I'm not I'm not his parent and I'm not, uh, you know, in his life every day. But we have grown really, really close. Um, And I think, you know, that that program is amazing. Big Brothers and Big Sisters of of Washtenaw County actually just recently merged with um, Big Brothers, Big uh, Sisters of Detroit. And now it's Washtenaw County and Wayne County are just one big office, which I think is is really cool. But, uh, you know, when you first start that program, I think I went into that with like a vision of it being way more fun than it, I wouldn't say it was unfun, but I wasn't prepared for it to be as challenging as it was. It's kind of awkward. You know, Corey was 11 or 12 when I matched with him and um, you know, I have good energy and I can hold space for people really well, but it just took a lot of time to get to know him and feel comfortable with him and I think vice versa. Uh, and now we're just like, and now we're so far beyond that, um, that we don't really ever go to the big brothers, big sisters events anymore because we, we don't need that like proctored event to feel comfortable together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's growing up and he's going to graduate from high school next, um, not this upcoming spring, but next spring, cause he's a junior. And he's just like doing all the right things and making all the right decisions and, I just, I love him to death. And so it's been, I I did it as something to kind of like just do and and maybe try to give back a little bit. And it's become way more than I ever would have imagined it. And Corey and I will be, you know, we're, we're big brother, big, you know, big brother, little brother, but not really like, we're like, we're homies and Corey will be in my life for forever. So. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So
1: it kind of starts as these structured events and then you can just kind of see each other and hang out whenever yeah, you Yeah, so want. you get
0: matched, you get your match, you meet your match, you meet your match's parents, you do the whole thing, but then then it's like, okay, what am I going to do? It's like, go pick up this 12-year-old kid. <laughs> it's No, like for yeah, real, like, it's seriously. like, what do you do? So I think for the first couple of years, it was like, hey, Big Brothers Big Sisters is hosting this thing on Wednesday. I'm going to pick you up. Let's go to that and let's let's have fun and that helps that helps yeah. you that gives you that space to like spend that time with them um get to know them uh but then yeah as it starts to like grow and and you start to get to know each other more it just starts to become like what do you want to do and now like i said corey and i are just buds like we'll just go to dinner that's awesome we'll just right? go down to side. he lives down <laughs> in ipsy so we will just like i'll pick him up from school we'll just go you know we'll just go grab a burger or he's been golfing a little bit lately so we go to the driving range oh, which is okay. fucking unbelievable <laughs> i just love that uh he's in the band uh at ipsy community now so we've been going to the football games and watching the band perform at halftime so it's just like all these things man and and it's just like it's a blast and he's so mature and uh i'm just so proud of him he's he's been doing these summer uh immersion programs at emu and so he's going to graduate high school with an associate's degree which is amazing holy moly and he wants to be an engineer and he's got lights out grades, and he's just making all the right decisions. So oh, it's a good, so it's a freaking, cool. it's a freaking good time. It's easy, easy work at this point, and it's something that I'm really grateful that I got involved with when I did. So
1: incredible. Um, he has a pretty big travel bug, Adam. <laughs> how long can you? How long can you go without traveling? How long have you gone without traveling before you're like, I'm, I'm ready to. Yeah. Ready
0: question. to bounce. Uh, I mean, this travel stuff has only been really in the past two years since okay. you guys have really gotten to know me. Gotcha. Uh, I quit working as seriously as I was working in uh, uh, beginning of November of twenty one, and that's when I kind of started letting loose with this kind of new lifestyle that I've found. And I, yeah, the traveling stuff is amazing. I love it. I definitely can live on the road more than I ever thought, but the, I definitely miss like routine too. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh do you wanna
1: I, tell people about your little winter hiatus you took last year? So
0: I did the I did that two times in a row. I did oh, a two double. Times. Yeah. Okay. So so I've done two winters where I've I've left Michigan for like three months. <laughs> which is fucking legendary, dude. It's <laughs> just legendary. <laughs> I see on this cold ass shit. But I'm not gonna be able to pull it off for a third time in a row. So I will be spending winter in Michigan this year. But I'm looking forward to it and I think uh I think my life is kind of in, in this state of kind of like, uh, in in, the, in this like state of like pendulum where like I, I felt like I was, the work I was doing for a long time, I got really immersed in it and I was kind of helping run a company and I kind of lost a grip on reality. I think through COVID too. Mm-hmm. I leaned into work even more during COVID because why not? Uh, what and else was there to
3: do? And then when the
0: world started coming back, I had leaned so far into it that I was so restricted that I was like, holy shit, dude, this is fucked. I can't do this anymore. And so I stepped away and when I did, I, I pendulumed back the other way. And now, and now I think I'm coming back and like settling in the middle a little bit. And so I think that's what my life, you know, aside from other things this year, trying to figure out everything that's been going on, but I think my life now and over the coming months is, is a lot more about like figuring out how I can make the lifestyle that I've kind of started to love with all this travel, be something that's more sustainable and have a little more longevity. I've been I've been flying a little close to the sun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a cool thing to experience, but yeah. I mean,
0: I have no regrets. I think it's the perfect yeah. time in my life to do so as well. Sure. Um, I'm in my early 30s, and I don't have kids, and I've architected my life and my daily life like to be a pretty lean, at least on the expense side of things. Like we don't have a lot of, I don't have a mortgage, I don't have a lot of things that weigh me down in that world. So I've, I think it's been a good time to. Big, you know, perfect timing to do such things, and I'm I'm really grateful, and I feel privileged to been able to have the chance to barge around as hard as I've been barging, but I think I've barged in a little too hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ready to have a little settling. So I'm time trying then. to like find
0: I'm trying to find the happy medium. I think we're always all of us are on the quest to find a little like a happy medium with something that's going on in our life, but that's I think that's kind of what my life is like going to be like over the next few months.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I get that. And he is a passionate yogi. I know we already touched on this earlier, but how many days a week are you? Are you doing yoga? Yeah,
0: it, it comes and goes. I think uh, I found the studio, again, pretty uh, religiously after everything with my dad happened. And, you know, it was just a crazy year because Lindsay and I had the opportunity to travel. I left Michigan in the middle of January and didn't come home until early April. Yeah. And that was really amazing and so much fun. But then all the shit with my dad went down like a week after that. And then I was forced back into like traveling again and and coordinating things. And so it kind of felt like the first five months of my, of this year, like I wasn't really at home. Uh, and so when I finally had a chance to feel like I was home for some consecutive amount of time, I really leaned into the studio. I think yoga is amazing, but I think at least for me right now, part of what makes yoga so amazing is the community and the space that tiny Buddha kind of cultivates in Ann Arbor. So. They offer online classes that you can do along with it, but like, fuck, <sighs> doing yoga when you're like not in a studio and around people is rough.
2: Not this is a different space.
0: It's different. So yeah. I leaned into it really well, and I think through June and July, uh, I don't know, two, three, maybe four times a week is good. Wow. Uh, and then August and September, I've been a little bit slacking, but I think kind of post um, post bear and especially into the winter months, um, more yoga. Is definitely gonna happen and I'm also thinking about doing my YTT this Woo. this winter
1: wow. and
0: getting my 200 hour and maybe teaching with that because I feel like I have that kind of the kids are calling it the riz these days the charisma you tell me yeah, you know that you, the riz yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: geez. Don't I got ask me. Riz.
0: <laughs> I got the riz so I, I, yeah so yoga is amazing uh, I never expected yoga to be what it was I showed up to yoga class before I met Linz uh, I showed up to yoga class thinking like it was gonna be this complimentary perfect cross-training thing to become a better runner and it has just become something completely different
1: it's its own thing and if
0: yoga occurred outside which it can but not in like normal cadence it would it would hold a close flame uh to running uh in terms of one of my favorite things to do but i think running takes the cake just because of where you can go with running and the places you can see while you do it so
1: beautiful so he is an ultra marathoner who is ready to roll for the Bear 100.
0: That's right, I'm Adam a wh- I'm Hughes. Hey, thank you.
1: Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. <laughs> it's it's my pleasure. This is fun. You're
0: doing so good. I'm so proud of you.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating a little bit now, and yeah, it's, it's not hot. even hot anymore. I know. So <laughs> that tells you something. Now you know.
0: Now you know how it feels.
1: I might go for the one year, and I'm not sure.
0: even a stranger so imagine if I was a stranger how I would know. feel
1: I have a lot of mad respect for you with thank this you. podcast thank it's you incredible. thank you um, all right let's see if I got the right jingle, you jingle these it for us? are the yes. rules of the podcast gotta follow the rules all right rules of the pod
0: part,
3: I know part of me I I wanted to well. get,
1: give them to you but I'm like you kind of say them every time I
0: know them and I consent to all the rules of the podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want to show us how good you know the rules of the podcast? Sure. Rule I'll, number
0: one, I'll be, I'll be vulnerable. <laughs> rule okay. number two, I won't tell any fibs. No and fibbing. rule number three, lens you keep us honest. Oh, you know you get I us, will. You get us out of here by seven thirty-eight o'clock, all right?
2: <laughs> Big bedtime gal, so that'll be no problem. All right, yeah, perfect. <laughs> will you hand it. me that,
0: Oberon? Thank you.
2: You don't Spicy want the one. salted one that's in the fridge? No, thanks. Okay. That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> all right, so we got all our rules down. Let's start with some softballs first. Okay, let's do it. What race are you training for, Adam? And what date is the race occurring? And so
0: I've been training for the Bearer 100 for the past four years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long training cycle. (laughs) Seriously,
0: though, dude. I was thinking about this more this week because I knew the pod was going down. I raced. I got away with some somehow. Oof, this thing is spicy, dude.
1: Habanero, right? More
0: spicier than I thought it was.
1: Didn't you try this that? This is one the mango.
0: Before? Yeah, I have, but <laughs> it's been a while. The mango habanero from Bell's, the Ob- spicy OBS, Oberon. Yeah. Uh, I got away, Ultra's kind of like had a way to sneak under the radar somehow in 2020. And so my two like best performances, I guess you'd say, or, you know, fastest performances, I guess, if that's how you gauge, you know, success or whatever you want to say in the racing world. But I raced uh, 70K in late. July of 2020. And then I raced 100k that got, that was originally supposed to be in June. They got rescheduled to early September uh, in 2020. So I did Tusher 70k and World's End 100k. And after I did those two and after I had felt good out there and performed well, I was like I'm ready for my first 100 mile. Damn. And I'm going to sign up for the Bear 100. And that was in September of 2020, dude. And wow. here we sit in September of 2023. <laughs> and I'm fucking still trying to do this, bro.
1: And you're going to do the damn thing.
0: I'm going to do the damn thing. But yeah, so this but is the yeah, Bear 100. The Bear 100 has been on the calendar for three years in a row now. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting this getting it done this time. And I feel better than than I have leading into it. Uh, and, you know, out of all three, I, I'm, I'm, I'm healthiest. And I'm spiritually healthiest going into it. So I'm feeling pretty good about it.
1: I mean ultra's it's all about like the mentality. It I mean, really is. It doesn't matter I mean it obviously it does matter to an extent what physical shape you're in but really what gets you through those runs it's all mental.
2: Yeah, you're wiser it's this year. Impressive.
0: I'm wiser this year. <laughs> I just feel better this year. I wasn't running yeah. last year, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got 75 miles of the way through the whole the whole damn thing and I hadn't really run all summer. Yeah. Which is still an incredible feat. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it makes you come back for next year, unfortunately. There you
1: go, and here we are. (laughs) Did you go from like a marathon to the 70K?
0: No. No, I did a 50K.
2: And a 50-mile.
0: 50-mile. I kind of dabbled. I kind of dabbled. And then I was supposed to run. I think, the you know, it's kind of like, oh, woe is me. Uh, But I think the fittest I ever was in my whole life was leading into – Zion 100K, which was supposed to happen in 2020, mm-hmm. April of 2020, and that got canceled. Mm-hmm. But I was a fucking lean, mean machine. Yeah, all through. I mean, 2019 is when I did my first. Early 2019 is when I did my first 50K, and then I did a 50 miler later that fall. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I'm drinking this Kool Aid hard, dude. I'm chugging the Kool Aid. I'm gonna, I'm gonna puke from the chug of the Kool Aid. <laughs> and so I just trained like a fucking animal, and I, mm-hmm. you know, and I think. We can get into it, but I think like, you know, everyone has to learn. It's a learning curve. with running. It's a learning curve with how much output you put and what you think you can get away with when you're kind of beating your body down. But yeah. And then everything, you know, world shut down. Everyone had the same problem, uh, in, in early 2020, but then, yeah, I was able to find those kind of late later in the calendar year races that some of those ultras were just able to pull it off. Cause like their permitting was lower and I think it was just less on people's radar and, um, the 70k was like uh, the Tusher 70k was my first big like mountain race though okay and that was pr- beast. pretty special and I was just like this is so dope this is where I want to be this is like I had kind of found I had felt like I had found I hadn't really felt like I was searching for something with running but I when I I remember doing tushers I performed well I finished in the top 10 and I was just like this is it this is like where this is my space at least for the foreseeable future
1: that's when you're bought in <sighs> Yeah. Well, so segue into the next question. Okay. So, how many races have you done? What race is this? I guess. I focus don't, yeah, that's on your question.
0: I should have. Ultra. I should have figured this out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think you knew the questions ahead of time. Nine, I know.
0: <laughs> Nine or ten ultras. ultras this is. So I've okay. never. I've never completed a hundred yeah. miler. Uh. Uh. 200 I have. K's. I have two hundred k's under my belt. Yeah.
2: Not not 200 two hundred kilometers. Yeah, not 200. two hundred. One hundred kilometer races. Two comma. Oh, yeah. okay. Two
0: gotcha. comma hundred k's. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of, a bunch of 50 Ks, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of 50 milers. And then ultra training is weird too. So like not a, not a ton of official like 50 Ks and marathons, yeah. but yeah, tons of, tons of running, tons of running. Yeah. Cause and you
1: have to do ultras in order to train for bigger ultras. Yeah. Kind of. So it's like, do you even that? Yeah,
0: exactly. That? But yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, I think five official road marathons on top of that. Okay. And that's kind of, like I said, I was, yeah. I was road marathon from, my first road marathon was in spring Which of learned? 2016. The Huff to Bluff in southern Utah. Oh. Straight shot, small marathon, uh, one way, point to point on a small highway. Highway 87? Uh, didn't even, you know, such a small race with permitting, like, didn't even close the roads. We were just running <laughs> on the shoulder. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and I did well. I mean, I, I at least for what I thought, I mean, that was like pre-GPS watch days. That was you know straight out of college with you know learning something else to focus on and i did well and ran like a 322 or something Dang, and right. then i then i was like marathon and hard. <laughs> i did bayshore was my second ever marathon go Bay when Shore. i first got Shore. to michigan <laughs> really cool then i did Pit, then i did pittsburgh oh, i love the well, pittsburgh it's got to be hilly it's hilly but it was good vibes okay super good vibes and then i think uh that uh, then then it may have been my fourth one, may have been um, indie when I got hurt and ran it slow. Okay. And then I have done the Philadelphia Marathon yeah. just for fun. It's cool that you've done dope. them
1: in a lot of different big cities. That's
0: kind of that. That, that was way. like I kind of had the classic early like marathon or thing, like I'm going to do one in every state. <laughs> I fucking gave up on that one. <laughs> fuck that.
1: Now we're just going to do 100 miles in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That's all I care about.
1: That's all I care about. Awesome. <laughs> um, well, really, let's kind of get into when you started running so you were a soccer player
0: yep soccer all through all growing up baseball and soccer baseball until i was 12 and then um i kind of had to choose choose one or the other yeah i had a super supportive family uh with it my my you know like we talked about my mom's episode they drank the they drank the sports parents kool-aid hard (laughs) and that was our lives i mean my brother did stuff i did stuff my dad was almost always my coach uh at least on the in the early stages, you know, he, he, he bowed out, uh, into the early teens, early to middle teens when things started getting more competitive, you know, yeah. and he, he, you know, he didn't know anything about soccer. He played football growing up. So when he was coaching soccer, he was a great coach because he was good at managing the, the kids and the parents, even more importantly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's really the bigger thing. Uh, know. Right. But, uh, but then he, then he bowed out, but yeah, I just had a good, I had a, such a good childhood with like. I was just I was just playing, man, all the fucking time. And I think I've been griping with this with uh a few people lately and I know that you gals will buy into this cuz it's just our age group, but like we kind of like right on the cusp of technology really being huge and so like we we had like MySpace, but it wasn't until we were like young, like young teens or AOL or you know, MSN messenger and shit, but like we just didn't fucking hang out inside. I was just never ever inside. Yeah. So even if I wasn't doing like a proctored soccer game or baseball game, I was outside playing constantly. And I think I got better too, because I have an older brother Mm -hmm. shout out to Austin. So I had my homies, but I also, I always just thought my brother and his homies were so cool. And so I was always playing with them. So I was always playing with kids that were four years older than me and I'm Exponentially better at soccer than my brother.
1: Nice, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: and he'd agree with you. So, uh, yeah, I got recruited to play Division Two soccer. Um, Where at? I I moved to L.A. Uh, okay. when I was 18. I went to California State University, of Los Angeles. So not University of California, Los Angeles, unfortunately. Not a UCLA situation, <laughs> but Cal State LA, uh, which is like just south of Pasadena in East Los Angeles. Uh, kind of a crazy. Uh, culture change for me, but I'm unbelievably happy that I did it. Uh, help me grow up, help me learn growing up in Utah, man. It's cool. My parents aren't LDS, aren't Mormon. Um, they moved there for separate reasons, but it was interesting. It's just, uh, Utah is very privileged. It's very wealthy and it's very white. And that's just the brass tacks of it. So when I moved to LA, when I was 18, I was like, holy shit. I also kind of moved to LA cause we would always, <laughs> I like to tell the story. We always would. We would always family vacation in San Diego, and so that was my idea of Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, I got recruited. To pro- yeah, so I got <laughs> recruited by like not a ton of colleges, and uh, but like Cal State LA. Like, oh, the Cal State LA coach is interested in you, and I was like Southern California. I was, like, Let's fucking go, like, dude! that's a no brainer, dude. <laughs> and then I got to LA with Dane. Dane went to college with me, um, and we were both like, "Oh shit, oh, this, this ain't San Diego, <laughs> doc." <laughs> where's this East Los Angeles bro <laughs> way different so but like ultimately I just think it's it's, it's contributed so much to, to, who, uh, to like who I am today and um, I wouldn't change it for the world so I was in LA for three years and then I, when I was 21 I transferred to a small school in the bay uh, to finish off my college I did uh, two years there so I did five years of college Five
1: what? years playing soccer.
0: Yep, because right. I had a red shirt. Yeah, I had a red shirt year at Cal State LA. But I mean, I just my my whole college soccer. I was really, really quite a high level club soccer player at in the high school level, and could have maybe gone D one, but would have had to walk on. And kind of wanted to. My my parents spent a lot of money helping me kind of like go through all this club soccer stuff, and so for right or wrong or better or worse, like my mind was kind of like, well. There's been an investment in my, in my career. Like I need to get some money back for, for that. So I took a a D2 offer that had a little bit of a scholarship attached to it. But uh, my whole college career just like didn't work out. Uh, And that was hard for me for a long time. I mean, I just didn't, my best, my best year of soccer happened when I was a freshman. Mm. Um, My sophomore year, which ended up becoming not my sophomore year because I took a red shirt. I tore my ACL. At you the beginning, surgery? yep, I had full reconstructive surgery, and then I tore the same ACL again uh, the first year up at my school that I transferred to. Nice. So, And it's just yeah. like, you know, it is what it is. Both times I tore my ACL, it was like non-contact. Yeah. It wasn't someone else's fault. It wasn't in a bad tackle. It was uh, on turf, dude, yeah. which we hear about that shit all the time. It's just like turf grabbing your leg and mm-hmm. tweaking it. So my whole, my whole soccer, college soccer career was like plagued with injury. And I always felt like I was fighting to get out of the training room and get back on the soccer field, and um, it's hard. It, it was hard. It, it was is. hard for me.
1: So uh, when you graduated, were you, like, just burnt out on soccer? You just needed a break? I wasn't.
0: That's the thing, though, is I wasn't burnt out on soccer. I was burnt out from being hurt. Okay. I wanted more chance to play soccer, but I also knew that I had just gone through. I, I tore my ACL twice, but I also additionally tore my meniscus. They got repaired with my ACL on top of that so I actually went yeah. through three knee surgeries in college. So I wasn't burned out on soccer I was burnt out from being hurt. Yeah. And that's how I found running. Honestly, I was like what's the safest thing I can do?
1: So when you were rehabbing, you, that's when you started to kind of yep. Dabble, yep. Dabble and running. so
0: soccer season uh, in the calendar year is in fall. So I finished my last my you know super senior year fall of 2014. Okay. And then into spring, I remember I spent a lot of time on the treadmill at my school, and uh, I don't know what I was really thinking at that point. I was just trying to move my body. Yeah, I was trying to get a good sweat in. Um, and then yeah, things have kind of the things slowly progressed from there. Rolled
1: from there. And then I was
0: like pretty down to do a marathon. Pretty like quickly. Right off the bat. Pretty quickly, I was like, mm, "Let's fucking do it." <laughs> it took me a yeah, year. That
1: doesn't surprise me. I feel like I, I, gra-
0: I graduated. T- um, I graduated May of 2015, and I ran my first marathon May of 2016. So I think I took a break. I was studying for the MCAT that summer after graduation and um, kind of like gave myself space for that. But then as soon as I felt like I had more free time, I was pretty quickly like hitting the training, figuring out how to run. And I was pretty excited to do a marathon. But I do think if I think back, like I do recall that, I do think the marathon in my mind was like a Lindsey Green move. Like, let's fucking one and done this shit, and then I'm moving on.
1: <laughs> then I'm done. Close the book. <laughs> exactly. Check the box. And here we are. And
0: here we are. And that's like that. Probably a lot of they're probably similar to a lot of runners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely. Well, you were kind of chatting a little bit about how you took the MCAT, but we'll kind of transition into work-life balance. Let's so do Kind of know what you're doing.
3: Work a little and little into
1: balance. All right. Give us the. The quick overview. i got a great
0: you... work-life balance.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. E- elaborate it's on. It's probably that. quite
0: out. Of, it's probably a little out of balance. <laughs> probably a little too much life, not enough work. Now I joke not a lot. Enough. I joke a lot that I, I, I that I don't really work, but I do work. Um, I won't get. I won't go all the way into like the whole story, but the, the quick the quick uh, points are: I moved to Michigan in 2016. I started. I had given up the medical school dream pretty much right when I came out here. Uh, I was following my former partner out here who got a, into University of Michigan social work program. And she was like, yo, I'm, I'm moving to Michigan. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fuck that, dude.
1: Famous last words. Fuck that. I was like,
0: I don't know anything about Michigan. And here I am. And I love it. But uh, so i had kind of given up on the medical school route. Um, and I jumped into working uh, for a startup. And I loved it. And I felt like my... I worked at a startup for about 16 months before it went under learned way more than I ever could have imagined, made some really good friends. Um, and then from there started my own business, uh, kind of using the remains of the collapsed startup to kind of like kickstart that, uh, and started doing that in, uh, in 2018. And that's kind of like the, the root of my business is in real estate. Uh, I do, I do a lot of weird stuff. Like I don't have like one thing that I do. So I manage properties. I work in property development as like a technologist. I help uh, developers and contractors like design Wi-Fi systems, um, install the right car charging, uh, uh, you know, systems for uh, mixed use development, uh, help with solar. So I do like technology things in relation to construction. And obviously in this town, there's plenty of it. So it's (laughs) not like it's not super hard to find. And then I do some digital consulting. Uh, so I do I do a whole bunch you're of stuff. You're
1: definitely busy. You like to say that you you're not you're not as busy. Yeah, I know. I,
0: I always joke about it. <laughs> my thing with the you business got a whole world. Set of skills. My the whole thing with the business world though is that I've it it, it really kind of um, I don't know. I get uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the opposite of encouraged. Uh, de- discouraged. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thanks you're So Sorry, I heard you killing it. <laughs> I get discouraged by business. Because I think business brings out really bad sides in people. And I think at my core for better or for worse I think it is for better. But I think sometimes it's sometimes it weighs against me is like I'm just like I want everyone to be happy. I want everything to be fair. And in business that's not like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people in business use like, Oh, it's just business as an excuse to be dickheads and shitty to other people and I don't buy that. I don't really I don't really like I've tried to, I tried to drink that Kool-Aid for a long time, but I'm just not that person. And so I I struggle as like a, as a consultant and as someone who has two businesses, you know, when you have a small business, whether it's consulting or whatever it is, like you kind of got to like be all in on it. And I think that's where I kind of like, am trying to find my, find my way is like, I, I like the business that I do and I know it's necessary, but I'm not in love with it. And there's, and there's quite a few things about it sometimes that are discouraging to me. Uh, and so, I don't know. I think that there will be kind of a big focus over the next couple of years of my life on figuring out what to do in the professional space. Um, I'm always I'm always open to change. I'm always open to do different things. I don't feel like what I've done is, have, is has to be what I do in the future, but um, I do like the sense of freedom uh, of working for yourself. I do like the not having to submit PTO to go do stuff and it's all that nice. kind of stuff. But
1: Probably nice with... Balancing with your training and
0: oh yeah, for sure. Being able to oh, yeah.
1: go when you want, <laughs> it and be on your own schedule. It's a dream. You Maybe just don't. You
0: nice. just don't make as much money. Like, oh, <laughs> bummer.
1: <laughs> but you're happier. But I'm happier.
0: So yeah, I do a lot of stuff for money, uh, and I enjoy it for now. But I think it's like I kind of mentioned earlier in the episode. I think uh, you know, it's kind of a pendulum for me now. Is mm-hmm. figuring out where where it falls. You know, I'm, I'm making enough money to live right now and not driving myself into debt, but certainly not making as much money as I would like in terms of kind of the big picture of life, thinking about maybe having kids or whatever it may be as the next steps is like, I'm not, I'm not financially secure enough to do those kinds of things right now. And so I'm, you know, I'm getting a little older. older So I don't know. That's kind of like the focus, but in no way, shape or form am I like, this is a red alert. This is a panic. I feel like I'm chilling. I'm happy. There's some change probably on, uh, on the forefront, but, uh, for now i'm happy and uh, it makes it does make it super easy to train cuz like <laughs> training can be like the main the main part of my day and then everything else can kind of come come additional
1: i mean you're also balancing this with i mean the podcast i mean you're you're Chugging out episodes yeah. like pretty mm-hmm. pretty steadily, and that's that's got to take a lot of time too. Yeah, the I podcast
0: mean, does take a lot of time.
1: I mean, I know it's like it's your passion project; you love doing it, of mm-hmm. course. Um, we love that you love doing it. But thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you balance all that with you know your regular job, and what do you see for the future of the podcast?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Is that too hard of a question. Mm-hmm. No, it's so good. It's a good question. let's get can, can weigh in on this one with yeah, me. Um, please do. I think last season, I bit off more than I could chew. Okay. Uh, I, I, and then like, I'm not mad at myself for it. I, I'm not, it's just all about like reflection and figuring out what makes sense. But I just get excited about this work because it is a passion and it is something that's fun. But I think last fall, there's just like, there were so many opportunities to record with so many people and there's so much good racing happening in fall that I just said yes to everything. Uh, and then I found myself like kind of buried. And kind of in a place where like I was, you know, a few episodes, I can remember where I just feel like, damn, I'm tired
2: Yeah, yeah. and I I'm have to come to into this episode Yeah, or? Or? and
0: then I'm like, yeah. all of a sudden I record a bunch and then I have, a, I'm sitting on a bunch of content
2: yeah, and many I, late nights,
0: many late nights. And I take it, yeah. I, you know, we'll get into the podcast stuff more soon, I'm sure. But like, I, I don't take, if you come on the PRP and you, uh, you allow the podcast to be part of your journey with, with said race or, you know, your life and everything like I don't take the podcast so seriously because I kind of fuck around and like it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be a safe place. But I take it, I do take it seriously when you come and give me that investment of your time and your vulnerability and your just whatever. I mean, race week is a crazy week to like coordinate coming in and meeting one of your, you know, if I'm your friend, cool, you're going to meet your friend. Or if I don't know you and you're a stranger and you're like, who's this fucking guy who's messaging me on Instagram trying (laughs) to get me to come talk about some shit. (laughs) So I take it seriously. And so like when I have content and I have something that's been recorded, I feel like I'm on a clock. And and I think I, I struggled with that last fall a lot of like, damn dude, I feel buried right now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is supposed to be fun. And now it's not fun. And now I'm kind of mad at myself, like, God damn it, dude, what what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And she and she was definitely like a part of like, dude, you gotta figure this out.
2: Yeah, you definitely I think you do a good job at cultivating a space where people feel like they can joke around and be comfortable and it's not necessarily serious in that manner but I think you do take it you see it as an honor that people come here and share their stories and you take it very seriously that you want to do their story justice Um, and I think that that can get taxing when you feel that time crunch you know like I said many late nights like I would go to bed and Adam would stay up editing the podcast to get things perfect because yeah. um, he definitely sees it as a bit of an art form and how he edits the podcast. So um yeah, I'm definitely definitely the, the balance was a little bit out of whack last season, but I think you're you're finding it and it's, yeah, I'm it's finding been a little it. bit better this and year. I,
0: that was kind of the whole that was kind of the whole focus of season three. I mean, everything with my dad happened right at the beginning and I think for a second I thought that I wasn't gonna do it. But that's shadows shout outs back to Charlie Crockett, dude. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie, I'm not kidding. You inspired me to like. I was like, this person has done their thing, and it's made me feel this type of way. And I shouldn't let something that has happened to me deter me from doing my thing, because that's not what my what my dad would want. And so, uh, so from the start of this whole season, it has been more about like, obviously like navigating the grief and stuff like that. But it's been more about like keeping this fun not recording too often, um, taking my space with it, being a little bit less of a perfectionist. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say perfectionist, but I just don't know anything about podcasting. And I started this without. So yeah. a lot of my longer nights sometimes are not necessarily because I'm trying to make it perfect. yeah, But it's because I fucking yeah. have like a PNG image that I can't convert. And I'm like, what the
2: fuck <laughs> is going on? <laughs> which that's screaming dude say, screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs ah, literally <laughs> but our house is peaceful i promise yeah it is. <laughs> but
0: it's just like it's it's all it's all growth it's all it's yeah. like everything in life like i'm just learning i'm not perfect and i don't expect myself to be perfect um and i want this to be fun and i want this to keep being fun and how do i how do i do that and you know utilize it without going in too deep and getting caught up and worrying about, you know, shit that doesn't really matter. So, yeah, it's 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 been a learning curve for sure. Yeah. There have been times when I've spent too much time on this podcast.
1: I mean, you care about it. I care. And that shows. And it, but
0: it's fun. You know, yeah. I think for a while, my little entrepreneur brain for a long time was like, you shouldn't be spending something so much time on something that's not bringing you, like, financial value. Yeah. Uh, but I had to, like, disassociate from that pretty early on because yeah. it, it brings me a lot of value that isn't, from a monetary standpoint, it brings me tremendous amount of personal value. Uh, it's built my community and my network in a crazy way. It absolutely. I think it means a lot to people uh, in certain ways, and trickles down sometimes into others. And so, it, it's just been it's been a slow process, and I'm I'm you know I'm sure there's more growth to happen with it, but I find time because it's important to me. So,
1: do you feel like it would take away from the vibe of the podcast if you were to ever? Consider like monetary outlets with mm. it.
0: No, I don't think so. I, I just think that's it would. You want to talk
3: about
1: No, on or not, no. <laughs> I will. No,
0: I'm happy to talk about it. I'm still trying to learn about that, and I'm still trying to figure that out. I think for now, the vision is like no. No monetary association with it. Like, if I fucking like find a banana sponsor or some shit, then like, come on, bro, <laughs> hell yeah, hundred percent.
1: Let's reach out to all banana.
0: I know, hundred <laughs> percent. But like, I just think that I I've seen you know, and I've been talking to different people in the space and learning and trying to be a sponge and soak things up. But I just think that right now the the PRP is my expression of my creativity, and there's not a sponsor that can like tell me what to do or give me that schedule. Like we've talked about, like if I need to take a a month off because something crazy happened or I need to record less often because I get a new job or whatever it may be, I can do that. And I think that is number one in the value bank right now. And so I don't want to jeopardize that, but I've also like, you know, I learned a lot from Tommy. Uh, I got a chance to talk with Tommy, uh, Uh, runs about kind of how he approaches all this stuff and what he does. And, you know, I've been learning from others and kind of just trying to soak up what I can. But like, I think at least as it pertains to social media and being like a creator or like having a platform that's kind of like the podcast is like you have to take ideas to brands. Brands aren't necessarily going to come to you and be like, hey, we love what you're doing. Let us sponsor you. It's got to kind of be like me going to them and saying, hey, look, I have this thing. It's the safe space to talk about running it is you know whatever it may be. let me do this with you guys and collaborate and that's what I've learned a lot from from you know the past few months of kind of trying to figure it out and at right at this t- moment in time, I have no desire to do that because yeah. there's no time to do that yeah. so I think the short answer to that is no for now okay, but I'm never say never and if some freaking way I could make the this podcast become some kind of like primary way of the way that I, the mechanics behind my life, I would be really happy, but I think I would also be weary of that because I, you know, I've been trying to figure out like, can you do what you love and still love it? Can you do what you love for a living and still love it?
2: Yeah, it's a great oh, question. A
0: or is it a
1: philosophical question? Yeah.
0: Or is yeah. it like,
1: like where would that then take away?
0: Take so away I think part of my, part of me is like really okay with, Working in real estate, having that be the fuel and the source of my money. Mm -hmm. And then focusing on something that doesn't relate to money. That really is one of the most important things in my life. So I don't know, kind of like the whole ponder it all and figure it out. But for now, not, not looking for sponsors. Love Ann Arbor running company. (laughs) Working me up. We kind of also have long run coffee. Shout out to Tom. Oh
1: Yeah, that's right
0: but that's just kind of like, whatever. We just like, we just <laughs> like talk. Tom's yeah. just a good guy and we've just been having fun. So it's going to be more stuff like that. Super casual. And I don't think anything formal in the foreseeable future.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of circle back a little bit to your, your training. Um, any big highs or lows from this training cycle? Where are you at with that?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think this whole training cycle has been great. I don't, uh, I don't train with a coach. I don't train on a training plan. Uh, You know, I got hurt in July of 21, which is ultimately what knocked me out of being able to race the bear for the first time. I kind of, that first year I kept the dream alive that I was going to be able to figure it out. You know, I think like all runners when we get that first, you know, it was an injury that wasn't like, oh, you tore your Achilles. It was like something going on in my groin where I thought like, all right, shit, I can't run let me keep this fitness alive through August on a bike. And then I remember I, you know, we had, we had booked all the logistics to be at the bear. I had pacers coming out. We'd booked a cabin, you know, all, all said and done. And then I was like, I should pressure test this and just see how it reacts to a longer run. And I remember ran like 13 miles, like a week and a half before the race. And I was just like, dude, this isn't going to work, dude. This isn't going to work. So I had to kind of like. Told everyone like, you know what, fuck it, we're not doing it, but everyone's booked, so let's all go out there and let's try to have fun. That was hard for me. Yeah. That okay, was hard. Nasty. That was hard. And that was at a time when I I really and I want to talk about this later, but uh that was at a time when like running had become my whole identity. Just kind of a risky way to live life, I think. And it was hard it was really fucking hard for me to not race that and, and to have to be there in that space. Um so that injury lingered i mean i've i fought that injury off and just dealt with it and was confused by it for a long time 18 months 20 time. 22 yeah. months and yeah. having these like sections you know got the mri got the angiogram everything's coming back oh nothing everything looks great which is like
1: it's worse it's sometimes. worse sometimes. Yeah, yeah it is
0: it is fucking worse dude you don't
1: even know what to work on you know i know. don't even know what to What's do, do. yeah
0: and so this summer For whatever reason, this, you know, things seem like they finally cooled off this year and I have had far less pain and uh, it's just been a summer for the first time, especially since I've had the podcast and especially since I've been as ingrained in the Ann Arbor running community where I've actually been able to run with people. I've actually been able to train. I've actually been able to long run. And um, so it's been amazing. I mean, running looks a lot different for me now than it did. I only run two maybe three times a week
1: okay I I was gonna ask that like how do you even design like week by week do you write it down or you just kind of No, I don't write anything down
0: it's all feel and I and I think I'm like overly cautious but I think for the two years ish that I went through on this injury like it's the way to it's the way to approach it like I could probably get away with running a little more than I do right now but I don't want to be back in the space of dealing with this with this groin and hip pain yeah, and so it's worth the risk. Yeah, exactly. So I just give it a lot of space and I'm hoping that if I can do that and continue to do that for at least the foreseeable future that this can like, you know, this injury can finally put itself to bed. But I like one, one long run. It's kind of like my, my kind of like agenda weekly is one long run per week and then maybe two other runs. They're both probably going to be social, maybe sneaking out a run, for myself because I do like to run by myself quite a bit. And then Peloton shout out to the Peloton. We love the Peloton. We
2: love it so much. <laughs>
0: uh, and then yoga, you know? And so that's just kind of how I do it. And like you said, like ultra running is a little different. I'm not, I'm not questing for a time. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move my body on a day to day basis to be healthy. And I'm trying to be active enough to where I can, you know, probably figure out a way to eke out doing this thing. But I just take running way less militantly than I used to. Uh, and, and, you know, at least for now, maybe I'll get back into that at some point, who knows, but it's just, a fr- it's been freaking great. And it's just been a really big relief and a lot of happiness to be able to like, just run the way I, the way I've wanted to, I, I've, you know, I, I wasn't able to do that for a long time and it was hard. So wow. this training cycle has been great.
1: Yeah. Keeping the balance between the cross training and the yeah, running.
0: Yeah. I, I would, I would encourage, uh, all runners to do much more cross training, but I know, that's, I know that's harder, um, easier said than done.
1: Uh, absolutely. Runners love yeah. to run.
0: That's what I've I love.
1: I'm, I'm guilty of all Yeah, this, you are so. quite guilty, <laughs> though.
0: You and I are going to go to yoga at some point soon. I need to. Yeah, we'll yeah. get you in the studio. Been too long. We'll get you in the studio. Well,
1: we'll kind of segue into our next little jingle. Which one,
0: which one was your favorite? I'm going to pee. Which all right, no more pictures, Green.
2: <laughs> i am getting good are
0: they because it's going to start doing the flash too and then the flash kind of sucks <laughs> okay who needs pee? Which one pee? So we can, to pee i got it it's perfect
2: pee party
1: can't get over the smooth jazz at the end of that jungle. i know it's pretty good it's the best
0: it's quite lovely <laughs> we're spoiled <laughs> yeah. by Sigmund. he spoils us
1: <laughs> all right adam so what's your favorite run favorite uh-huh. run the training cycle it's
0: pretty easy answer for me i think i've been thinking about this too um it's a little bit of a flex, but I'll just go ahead and hey, do it because it, it slips, it's your time. slips under the radar as being this past uh, year. But I think my favorite run in the past twelve months, uh, I had the opportunity to rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon last November, early November, yeah. and uh, that was special for me. And uh, I I learned a lot uh, on that run too. So I was in for a little bit of context. I got to go and crew. Uh, For some good friends shout out to Allegra and Ted Allegra was running her first hundred miler at Havelina Which Havelina was just big old party, uh, which I was not I wasn't I wasn't really expecting. I didn't really know About the allure of Havelina, but Aravipa puts on great events. Tushers is is put on by Aravipa so I had had a taste for how they roll and Obviously their social media presence is like second to none, but I didn't know how dope um, Havelina would be so I was in Arizona. I got to do that. Uh, Meet a bunch of fun people. Had a great weekend. And then my mom was supposed to come and meet me in the Grand Canyon. Uh, And we had, you know, a lodge booked for four days. And I I was going to romp around in the canyon like I've grown so fond of over the past couple years. And then I can't remember exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, I don't remember. Someone with my dad. Yeah.
0: My dad wasn't doing super well. He had just had a a neck surgery or it was pre-surgery. And so... She just ended up saying, like, you know what, dude, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And I was like, that's no problem. Um, mm. So I ended up, long story short, I ended up in the canyon alone, which wasn't the plan. Whoa. And I just was, like, buzzing so hard off Javelina. I was fucking <laughs> buzzing. And, you know, I think I, I, don't think I was disappointed last year with the DNF at Bear, But I but I certainly think, you know, for all intents and purposes, like, there was a little bit of a sour m- taste left in my mouth. I was just like, shit, man, I didn't do what I came here to do. You know, I got plenty out of this uh got plenty out of it, but I but I didn't accomplish what I came here to accomplish. So uh I think all those kind of compounding variables when I was in the canyon alone, I was like, all right, I think I'm gonna you know, the weather is looking good. There isn't a snowpack yet, uh the visit the, the visitor levels is low, like I think I'm gonna try to cross the canyon and just see what happens. And the goal was to kind of I think I wrote this in my Strava. The goal was kind of like get down in the canyon early enough with enough food to have a shot at going all the way up the north and coming back. But I still wasn't really sure it was going to happen. And I I certainly wasn't putting like an expectation on it.
1: Wait, this is like the official race or this is
2: post?
0: This is just rim to rim to rim to rim rim is just like running it by yourself.
2: Yeah, no setup.
0: It's just like running across the canyon all the way to the north side, climbing out. And then coming and then dropping back in and climbing all the way back out the south.
2: I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. So I was like, "This I'm just going to take a shot at this. So I woke up super early. Uh, I think I was up at like like 3 a.m. Yeah. I think the activity started at 4 a.m. And I was going to go. There's on the south side of the Grand Canyon, there's two trails, Kai Bob and Bright Angel. Um, There's a way to make the rim to rim shorter or short. The shortest possible way to do it is. I can't remember if it's Kaibab and Kaibab or you can basically do the same trail out of the South and not do both trails out of the South, you know, one going each way. And then there's only one trail that goes up and out of the North and back down. But I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it in the coolest way possible. So that was going to be dropping down Bright Angel, crossing, doing everything on the North. And then when I came out from the Grand Canyon, I felt like if I had enough time, I was going to climb out of South Kaibab and I was going to connect it all from my lodge. So I was staring down the barrel of like a 55-mile day.
1: Dang. And you're doing this no support crew. No support,
0: no nothing. So I was just like, you know what, let me get down in there with enough time to maybe take a shot at this. And I left. I will admit that that was the scaredest I've ever been. Not beforehand or anything like that, but it was just fucking. You know, I had a chance at bear last year to be out in the middle of the night by myself from like 11.45 to like 2.30. Yeah am i did a section solo and that was important for me as i like start to adventure more of just like putting myself in in situations like that and really seeing how i feel and i felt fine at bear and it all worked out but uh dropping into the grand canyon at 4am was uh spooky as fuck dude
1: yeah be.
0: i was just like, <laughs> like by my out s- of
1: like a zombie movie yeah almost. it was dude it's and serious. also
0: it's fucking pitch black and then you look down into that hole
3: and it's and it's
0: darker black. dude and you're yeah. like, I'm just going, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, dude.
1: <laughs>
2: what did I sign? My and, you know, like, all for? it's easy in
0: retrospect. But like, cool, I did it. But like, just in the in those moments, you're like, <laughs> am I doing something fucking terribly <laughs> stupid right now?
1: Yeah. Are there like animals you need to oh, yeah. watch out? No, luckily for there, another. luckily no, there dangerous. aren't too.
0: Pre- there are yeah. some. There are big cats on the rim. On the rim. Yeah. But there's no bear, and there's nothing. Th- th- as you drop further down, there's no like big predators down in there. So, I was just freaked out a little bit. But it was fine. You know, you just stay present in those moments. You keep moving. And also, like, that's the thing about the canyon. When you're dropping down, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pinball. Bing, 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 bing. Back and forth, switchbacking. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like, you know, the, a good trail headlamp, you can see, you know, 30, 40 yards out. And you can kind of feel, at least, like you can see what's coming. But the Grand Canyon dropping down, when you're solo, you're doing a lot of 180-degree turns <laughs> where you're like, what's going to be around this corner? <laughs> like, huh? no? <laughs> All right, it's free. So. Anyways, a little freaked out, uh, but things settled in. I got down to the to the river um, by, like, 7 o'clock. So it was in a really good place. And then this is kind of where the fallacy of the Rim to Rim to Rim comes in. Is like, you can drop down the south. You can traverse your way across the valley. And I think you're 16, in between, like, 16, 18, 20 miles in before you start climbing the North Rim, and you feel pretty good because you've done nothing but kind of run downhill and then mm-hmm. flat.
1: You've only descended. Yeah. have only descended. So yeah. I,
0: remember, I remember starting my climb uh, at the base of the north. I was thinking like, Fuck, I fucking got this, <laughs> dude. No problem. And I had also been passed by one other runner in the valley who was moving much better than me.
1: So you only, um, only saw one other person?
0: There were some people, there were some hikers coming down from the north side. But I, I only saw one other runner who I asked him as he passed me, hey, are you going up? Uh, up to the north and coming back down he was like yeah i'm doing the full thing i'm like hell yeah good luck he wasn't very chatty at that at that moment <laughs> so i made my way across i made my way up out of the north rim by like noon and change where i had a little bit of service
2: yeah it was still early
0: i touched base with her the scary thing about doing it in november is that by november the north rim the, there's a park on the north side of the grand canyon but it was closed so if i couldn't really bail Dang. like i couldn't really like say fuck it also, if you do bail the shuttle to get back from the North side to the South side is like four and a half hours. dude. Yeah. <laughs> it. It's expensive bail, you know, Yay. not like financially, but time-wise. So I just remember like, all right, if you're doing this, you're doing this. And I, and I climbed out of the North without too much trouble. I remember thinking a little bit towards getting to the top. Like, I was like, this is kind of like, mm, it's a lot right now, but I, sh- I should be out soon and got out of the North, sat down, ate my pizza. But shout out to Kayla and Alice. They taught me to eat Ziploc pizza. You yeah. just had
1: a whole pizza in your bag? I
0: had like seven slices of pizza in Ziploc. <laughs> Ultra Runners are just a whole other It's a whole different thing. <laughs> can you imagine eating pizza? Absolutely yeah, not. I, I can
1: barely take down Joe. I
0: know. <laughs> Ate pizza. And that kid that had passed me in the canyon, he was up there. And he wasn't chatty in the canyon.
1: Eating pizza too? He
0: wasn't eating pizza. <laughs> he was looking very sad. Oh, no. And I remember I was kind of, I, I had called Lindsay. Yeah. I'm a bit of a baby when I run Ultras. I kind of like like to have a bit of a pity party for myself. That's kind of one thing we'll talk about with like the focus this year of not that not being the case. But I love to share my plight with others. And so the fact that I got into service and I could call Lindsay, I remember I called her, was talking her through the logistics and how I felt. And so I hadn't been engaging that guy who had passed me, but he was kind of lingering. So when I got off the phone with Linz and I was almost done eating my pizza, I went over to him and I was like, are you dropping back in? And he was like no i feel terrible and there's a storm that's coming in and i'm gonna bail and i'm like well who's how you getting out of here he's like there is it is closed over here but there is two daily shuttles that are still happening i'm just gonna sit tight and catch the shuttle i'm not going back down there (sighs) and that was just like not good vibes for me No,
1: because
0: that gave me another dose of like are you being an idiot right now i was like what storm i was like i hadn't even i was like there's no fucking storm on my radar (sighs) So anyways, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm here. There's no way I'm going to fucking wait with this stranger for a fucking shuttle. I'm, I'm going back down. So I go back down. And when I went back down is when the weather started kind of turning. I have some great Snapchat videos.
2: They're hilarious. Well, I'm like trying to talk scary? into the camera.
0: Well, the storm didn't hit right away. It was just windy. So it was like very indicative that something was happening. But I have like Snapchat videos that I was sending to Linz where I'm like, dude, I'm talking with the camera right here. And you can't hear a fucking a single, word that's coming yeah. out of my mouth, dude.
2: So
1: Let's anyway. see, how
2: do you feel on the other end of this call and these photos? Um, you know, I think I think for me actually I've gotten I've gotten so used to it and I I just I really I trust Adam's judgment a lot in that space that I know he won't do anything um that is too sketchy like when, if he genuinely feels it in his gut he will turn around or find an alternative plan so I, I trust that about him I think for me I'm sure we'll talk about this more later but I think for me the harder part of the ultra running and the adventuring is like watching him suffer and not being able to do anything and send him out on the trail yeah, yeah. like yeah. feeling a little helpless yeah that. but so, when he yeah. get calls me like that I'm just kind of like Okay, well, <laughs> I'm gonna go about my day, and I'll hear from him when I hear from him. And good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's
0: so, epic, though. Yeah, so I started making my way across, and I got across the river before sundown, which is nice. Uh, I only had about eight miles to go, but that's when you have to do the climb out of the south. I made the decision to, at that point, there I was like, well, I'm gonna get hit with this weather regardless if I take the same trail. I did out, or if I take Kaibob out, let's make it the complete loop. And I hiked out, and then I think, I don't think the storm really hit me until about, I had about two hours left. But by that time, it was pitch black, and I just got fucking hailed on, dude. Oh, my God.
1: Which it hail just gets more and yeah. more epic. Which yeah. hail just sucks,
0: dude. Hail sucks if you're, for any reason, but especially if you're trying to move.
2: Climb out of a canyon. So it has got to be no coverage. In I here. was getting <laughs> winded
0: up and hailed up and all these things, and... I got out of there alive and, um, I do remember a couple of things, like a couple of anecdotes from that is that like one, I remember thinking when I was hiking out of there that I love adventuring, but this is about the line. You know, this is like, this is, a, this is about my line. Like I shout out to the people who mountaineer shout out to the people who do crazy shit. I'm like pretty, I'm pretty down to adventure, but I, I like to be comfortable. And as soon as things really start to get like crazy like that, I'm a little bit like, oh Jesus, I'm in over my head. And that's just like the reality of who I am and that's fine. And then the second thing I think is like the more important thing and lesson from this whole journey and this whole run was that it was kind of lonely. It was kind of a lonely voyage, not necessarily so much while I was doing it, but afterwards. And I got out of there, I went into an empty hotel room
1: like you didn't even have anyone to celebrate this yeah. like, incredible yeah. feat.
0: And I think it did. was this like illustration for me, really visceral and painful at times with hail hitting my face. Like it's really visceral. <laughs> it's <literal. laughs> this lesson that running is special when you do it with people. Yeah. And it's special when you share these moments. And it's special when you, when you have others. And I think that's just a huge metaphor for life. I think so many things in life are so much better with people and i i do i'm lucky enough to have people and so i think that was like a, it was a cool lesson for me like i'm glad i did it it was awesome but it was super lonely afterwards uh it was super i was just kind of like ugh yeah i just kind of got icky i didn't get icky vibes but i just afterwards i was just like that was kind of a lot and i i'll never do that again without someone there with me yeah or at least someone waiting for me at the top yeah it's just yeah. kind of weird it was it was weird to weird do something journey. that big mm-hmm. and to all the people who do that without people Good on you, but fucking hell. That's some
1: strong mental fortitude right there. So,
0: anyways, that's my favorite run. Awesome. Uh, And I, I uh, I would encourage anyone, ultra runner or not, to go experience the Grand Canyon.
2: It's amazing. And go, do not go to the Grand Canyon
0: between (laughs) April and yeah, just with people.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And between April and late October. Yeah, go probably a no-no. Go in the winter. Roll your dice. Go in the winter, and there are so many less people, and you will have to kind of jump around and uh, you know kind of navigate snow and ice but man it's a special place the canyon's truly a special yeah. place
1: awesome well speaking of the importance of a running community that leads us into our next jingle oh
0: nice you're- great transition Michelle ah,
2: thank yeah, you're you doing working awesome. on oh my God, segways
1: saying at the end of that
0: i don't know He <laughs> like, says, are you crazy did like, you really do that Yeah, like
2: uh. did you really do that
0: <laughs> did you really do yeah. that did you really do that are rim you crazy to rim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <To
1: rim? laughs> well i gotta give a shout out and some credit to uh miss sarah krozek oh did she Mrs. do some sleuthing sarah is a pro sleuther yes yeah she's really good at the um creeping task that i gave her okay so she helped with this i want to make sure she's part of it okay we were going through your strava which by the way is fascinating. I mean, you could just tell from like hearing just about your favorite run. There's a, there are a lot of good ones. Sarah's sending there me are. like,
0: especially this year,
1: seven or s- like eight of them. I'm like, all right, let's, let's narrow this down <laughs> a little bit here.
0: Like Sarah, I told you to send me one. Yeah. not ten.
1: <laughs> so shout out to Sarah, but this is the one that I, I, we both have a lot of questions. Okay. Do you want me to show it to you first? or Re- just read, it read it to everyone. Okay. Yeah. The Lost Coast. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is from yeah. February wow. 20. 2022. Okay. I'll read your... Can I read your um, description? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Seven days slash six nights with the lads. One of my favorite places in the world. If you ever want to check it out, feel free to hit me up. I'd be f- thrilled to share more information about it. And you talk about trying expedition mode on your Garmin, which I did not really know what that was. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I just... I have to say, because this is what made it very fascinating. So it's 31 miles, and you were gone for... 147 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I literally don't understand. So it's
0: like a a backpacking trip.
1: The backpacking trip. But Mm -hmm. did you just have your watch going the whole time? So
0: that's what expedition mode is on the Garmin. Super dope. So expedition mode, to answer that question first, is... you're, I think when you're running, I think your Garmin or whatever is not a Garmin, GPS watch is, is calling a signal every five Cons- seconds yeah. or every seven. Yeah, constantly. And it's on a cadence of drawing a satellite signal and dropping a dot, dropping a dot. And that that eats your battery, understandably, right? Yeah. With each call. <laughs> um, expedition mode, you you manually call a button, uh, a uh, a GPS drop, yeah. if that makes sense. So the expedition mode can last like 14 days. But you have to manually say, okay, drop a GPS mark here. And it's not going to do that again until you until you call on it. So
1: is it not as accurate it's, when you're going?
0: Yeah. So like if you zoom in on this, if you zoom yeah, in on some this. Yeah, like straight wonky. It's tracks. like a little straight wonky. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of just test it out because I've never, I've done like a backpacking trip on Strava where I do like separate activities. Okay. But that's kind of shitty. Also Strava needs to do needs to figure out a way to be able to have a post that is separate activities as one like for yeah, all you runners that yeah. do a warm-up and then your oh, thing. yeah that's me you should be able to <laughs> and i'm not even saying i'm annoyed but like for me too like there's so many use cases where you could say that was my warm-up to this workout one post
1: mm, yeah i agree yeah, yeah. Combine right? them. i see what you're saying yeah
0: so they don't yeah. have that so i tried okay. expedition mode
1: I mean, also the photos on this Strava post are
2: incredible.
0: I'm just like, you're going to have to cut me off on the Lost Coast, but I'll tell you that. I'll tell you one thing. The Lost Coast is the coolest place. One of the coolest places in the world. It's amazing. Where is it? It's in Northern California. It's one of the, it is, it's the longest strip of California coastline that's undeveloped. Okay. So it's actually just like untouched coastline of California.
1: Okay. So is this like a designated trail technically? Like Mm, is it?
0: Kind of. It is. So you have to have a permit to go out there. But permits are six dollars, <laughs> and you can. And they last like fourteen days. Um, the way it's traditionally hiked is north to south, so you get to the south. Uh, at the south, there is a um, there's a parking lot and a trailhead, and you hire a shuttle driver. Which, like, again, this is like, Lost Coast is like, I don't know, like Humboldt County, California, is like kind of a wild place. It's kind of like the Wild West. So we have a shuttle driver. Shout out to Bill. I uh, Bill. Lost Cow Shuttles. Uh, <laughs> but it's like Bill is not a shuttle driver. Bill is a guy with a van. He'll pick you up. <laughs> like That's what we're talking about.
1: Just putting your trust He doesn't in have Bill. a website.
0: There's no way to contact him other than his cell phone. You got to leave him a voicemail. And then keep a, keep an eye out for a call from in him. In all
2: fairness, doesn't he have a business card?
0: Bill does have a, yeah. He yeah. Has just a, say Bill. Yeah, Bill's driver. Lost Cow Bill's Shuttles. the guy with
2: the van. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the van.
0: <laughs> Bill also takes a halfway point at each shuttle drive and just gets out and smokes his little marijuana pipe which is amazing <laughs> and then gets back in the car and drives you the rest of the way which was like, okay, great. Buddy. but anyways um I, I discovered this in college shout out to maya maya is the og discovery of this one my former partner good discovery it was one of the we did this for spring break my senior year we did it in a kind of a smaller way but i've since discovered it more with with dane and, and my buddy mike shout out to both of those guys those are my lost coast brothers but it's uh 27-ish, 25-mile-ish section of the coast. You park at the south. Bill picks you up in the shuttle, and he shuttles you up with all your shit, and he drops you out to north. And what you do then is you hike south until you get to your car. Um, you hike the coastline. Every now and then, there are places where there are trail, uh, but a lot of the time, you're just hiking the beach. And then there, the the coastline butts up to these mountain these amazing Northern California mountain ranges. So what you're doing where you're finding camping is you're hiking the coast until the mountain range next to you opens up into a little bit of a river or canyon. And then there's all these like amazing freshwater uh, rivers and streams that come down into the ocean. That's usually where you find a more flat area to camp. Uh, And it's just fucking, dude, it's like one of the best places. Lindsay got a chance to come out with us this March.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It. How many times have you done this?
0: I think I've done the coast like four, four or five times. Wow. Yeah. And I'll continue to go to the coast for the rest of my life.
1: And so you're full backpacking, like you have yeah. all your stuff with you. Full
0: backpack. In the, Set up camp. And this like it's a timely conversation because uh, permitting for the coast, although cheap, they keep it very limited and it fills up kind of fast. Uh, but permits are released on October 1st. Oh. So this episode will be coming out like October third, fourth, fifth. So Mm. if you hear this and you're interested in the coast, that's another one where you hit me up and I'll be more than happy to share information about this with you. But super special place for me, super unique place and kind of like what you and I were talking about, you just were in a national park and had some hiccups and headaches with not signing up for the right thing and having to navigate that shit. This is like, this epitomizes the opposite of that. You are going to be out on the coast for a week. How yeah. many people did you see, green? How many people did we see? Four or um, five or six? Yeah, we
2: saw like a couple little groups maybe on our way in and our way out, but most of the days we didn't really see many people. Yeah, there's something so. about being on a trail like that that's not like
1: highly like trekked by other people. amazing. Just yeah yeah, being out there, just you and
0: truly amazing. your nature. So I would highly Very recommend cool. highly recommend the lost coast it's it's one of the beauties. It's one of the last remaining like untouched places I feel like in California for sure. Um, I mean like you can backpack in the Sierras and you can backpack through Yosemite, but you have to have permits for those and there's no reserving permits for those. So you're in that situation where you're like waiting outside of ranger stations to get permits, which to me just seems like a fucking stressful nightmare. The coast, you can get your details lined up beforehand, even though you're leaning on like a little bit of an archaic system. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really magical place.
2: That's awesome. I will good say, pick, Sarah. I will. Yeah, say. good job,
0: Sarah. Good <laughs> freaking job, Sarah.
2: I will say too, there is nothing quite like waking up in the morning and going out to the beach to dig a hole and poop while you're looking at the ocean, and you it's know blabs, that no one is gonna walk up on you, it's and it's just peaceful. Is that and the amazing. best pooping
1: spot you've ever had?
2: Um, it definitely is up For there.
0: Sure. And that's where they tell you to so poop on the coast, too. Yeah. They tell you to get into uh, the, um, kind of get into the tide line where the waves are kind of coming up and dig a quick little hole and shit yeah. right in it. So it's just it's coastal shits the whole week. <laughs> it's fucking immaculate, dude. Sounds
3: dear. beautiful. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say, my last thing
0: I'll say on the coast, which yeah. makes it this really fun kind of hybrid adventure experience, is that the, the trail, the, the specific trail that we've been talking about is about 24 miles, 25 miles long. Nine of those uh, miles in separate sections are impassable at high tide. So you can't be out there on that section of coast and high tide or you'll get fucking swept out to sea. Oh, man. So it's this really cool way of like feeling like uh, an adventurer of like you have to have a tide chart. You have to be aware of when high tide is, when low tide is. And you have to schedule your itinerary based on being able to cross those those zones um, when it's at when it's low tide. And then what you learn When you start to go out there more, it's like when you don't know anything, and you go out there for the first time. You never plan to camp in an impassable zone because that seems foolish. Like I'm going to get swept out. But there are quite a few canyons in the impassable zones where you can then hike back up into and retreat into, so that when you don't
1: get totally trapped.
0: So when high tide comes in, you can't make your way up and down the coast, but you're more than safe. And that's what we've loved the most about it is that it's, I mean, first of all, you don't see many people out there at all, like we said, but when you get, when, when you nestle yourself into a, to a Canyon that's in an impassable zone and then, and then you don't see anyone and high tide comes up, you're, you're locked in. Like no one's coming. Like that that is, that's your space, at least for the next eight hours or however long high tide hangs. Yeah. Like that's all your space. So it's. If anyone wants to talk about it, I'll talk your ear off about it. Uh, I would highly <laughs> recommend doing the Lost Coast Trail. It's a very special place.
1: I'm intrigued. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> well, not that we haven't already been vulnerable, but I guess we'll still go to the next one. Yes. Yeah. This one's
0: so intense. <laughs> this one's my favorite.
3: It's time to get vulnerable.
1: All right. Damn. I know you're ready for this part. Here we've, we go. We've kind of alluded to this. I sold but. my own
0: poison on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, what's your goal? What's your goal at this race, this big boy?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about this this week, and I've been thinking about this for the past couple months, and I think it's changed, so I'll answer your fourth, forthcoming question first. <laughs> it's changed a lot this summer, the goal. Um, I mean, I think the goal is to finish, but I also don't think that's really the most important thing. I think as a group, we've collectively made the decision that if there's a world where I'm not across the finish line, uh, under the 36 hours as I'm going to keep going and like, you know, whether it takes me 36 hours or 40 hours or whatever it may be, I'm going to, I'm going to go the full distance this time, you know, you know, as long as I haven't like broken my leg or some fucking ridiculous shit has happened. But, um, I think like, I think my real goal, um, is to is kind of like to be I don't really know how to describe it it's like my goal is kind of to be selfish and lean on this team that I've built I think I'm a person that is guilty of like wanting to always make people's experiences great or like be a people pleaser and like make sure that everyone that's coming out to help me is going to have a good time and that everyone's going to have fun and that you know uh, you know I I I think there's I have a lot of friends that I look up to in this world but I think Allegra has been one of the best at this in terms of like, she holds such tremendous space for other people while she's running while she's suffering. And I've always just been like, man, that's what I want. So for a while my goal was like, I just want to be happy the whole race. And I just want to like give good emotions to people and give good feedback and be happy every time I see people. But I've just like learned that that's not realistic for me. And I can't like pretend to be something that I'm not, and I can't do things like that. And so I think what I've realized, in the past couple weeks and past couple months past few weeks is like I need to rely on this team that is coming out to help me I need to understand that they love me and are here for a reason you know because I've done I've done plenty of crewing now myself and I've done a bunch of pacing and had the honor of doing that a lot over the past couple years and I know how it feels to be in that seat and I think in a lot of ways I think pacing and crewing is more difficult I think the runner has this like, like the runner has like this tremendous like holy shit. All right, you got to do some crazy shit, but but also it's like a very singular task. Like when you're the runner, everything revolves around you. The course is marked. People are feeding you. People are encouraging you. Everything is focused on you.
1: It's meant to be selfish. Mm -hmm.
0: It's meant to be when you're crewing and shit, you're kind of like, you're kind of like worried that you got to get to the right place at the right time. And maybe you forget to eat yourself and all these things. And
1: like, cause you're there for the other person.
0: You're there, you're doing doing all the selflessness stuff. And so, but I think that like the people that are coming to help me are here and doing this for a reason. And I think versus trying to control their experience and make sure that they have so much fun or that they have a good time. I need to, I need to, for that 36 hours at least, I need to like kind of flip that, go against some of my traditional thinking and like ways that I do stuff and just like be selfish and make sure that I'm focusing on what I need to focus on and I'm letting other people pour that energy and fill my cup. Uh, Cause I just think that's gonna be the best chance I have to actually do this. I think if I'm pouring energy out into others and, focusing on those things, I think I'm going to expend more energy than I probably need to. And I think that a little bit of that happened last year. I don't think that's anyone's fault other than maybe mine, but I'm not like mad at myself for it. I just think like, like I said, I had a lot of newbies-ish. My family, I think I'd put them like over the newbie hump, but yeah. still kind of figuring all this stuff out. Yeah. yeah. My mom's definitely finding her legs in the crew space. My brother certainly is. Lindsay is obviously like most experienced, but... I just think, yeah, my goal is to be selfish. My goal is to focus on what I need to focus on, let other people help me, let my pacers pull me along um, when they need to, and listen to them as well. Uh, But yeah, I think that's kind of like, in a nutshell, I think that's kind of what I've come to over the past few weeks. So like that's gonna give me the best shot to actually get this thing done, so.
1: Well said. You basically can my goal is advice (laughs) at the end.
0: (laughs) My goal is to be a dick, no, just kidding. (laughs) But I know that everyone's coming out. That I, know everyone I mean, that's, that's why coming they're out, coming out. Yes, they're exactly. coming
1: out for you. They're not coming out to have some, like, their own epic time or experience. I mean, yeah, they're part of your experience. Right. But they're there for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's
0: hard. I mean, it's that's hard great. for me. That's kind of, like, against some of my natural ways. Yeah. And I think that I'll have to be reminded of that and remind myself of that. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm putting a lot of, a lot of um, onus and a lot of responsibility on my crew. Um, cause I think we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm running watch lists. Dude.
1: I, oh, <sighs> I meant to actually bring that up in the Strava section.
0: Let's do it. Let's just talk about yeah. it now. Yeah. So I've been running, I've on, I've been saying it's watch sobriety. I've been watched sober <laughs> for five weeks now, six yeah. weeks uh. and we don't have to dive too deep into it. But you know, I think this goes along with like kind of the vibe that we've been talking about here with this goal of like, I don't know running has been so different for me this whole summer and I love Strava and I love to support people on Strava and I love, I think it's such a great platform, but you know, I like, I just like am in a place where I, I don't want to rely on data to tell me that I'm ready to do something. Mm -hmm. I want to rely on my own spirit and my own mental kind of fortitude. And I think, you know, as runners, we're all guilty of like, okay, how have things been going? Mm -hmm. Pull out the numbers
1: we get caught up in the weeds. Mm-hmm.
0: Look at sure. the numbers. How well have I done? And like, I don't want that. And I've and I I've been inspired by people on the podcast multiple times. I've been very intrigued by the watchless or strava world for a while. And then I had Alex Bryan on the pod a few uh, episodes ago. And Lindsay and I were down at their house. And he told me about his watch reset. And the very next day, I did the Water the Pickney run, which was my biggest training run. That was like 35 miles. Excuse me. Um, that was a good one. <laughs> I'm still still spicy. spicy. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, And then, and I just, I remember I was being more cognizant about my relationship with my watch on that run more than ever, based on the conversation that I had just had with Alex the night before. And I was just like, you know, I'm fucking done with this thing, dude. And what I learned, you know, I don't want to act like I'm this like fucking distinguished watchless runner now because I've only been doing it for a while, but I just learned so much so quickly about how much I relied on that fucking watch. It
1: For changes every, the whole experience. You'll it probably changes even the
0: notice. entire experience. You'll
2: probably, st- like, have you, well, maybe I, you've I already check. done this. You I didn't check realize it blank. how much you check your blank wrist. I'll check it blank. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that.
0: Oh, I'll check it blank okay. still. I'm still checking it blank. And I'm mm. five weeks in.
1: So That's crazy. are you going 100% watchless? Because at one point you told me maybe you would like put it in your bag just if you needed to mm-hmm. like go through the effort of checking it just yeah. to kind of keep tabs. I think
0: I'm going to take the straps off the, the garments you can destrap. I think I'm going to have it on me. OK. And I also think that like it's not, you know, you know, it's like it, it might sound ego driven, but I promise you it really it, 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 it isn't. I want that map and I want that to show up on Strava for the people in my life that know who I am, that know how long I've been working on that. So I want that to be something that's tracked. Um, and I want that to be a place where people can congratulate me and and do all those things. But yeah, I think I'm like, I'm just like done looking at the watch and I don't know how long this will last, but, uh, it's been really, it's just been really eye opening. As like, like I said, like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just like, I didn't realize like every single way I used to gauge what, how a run is going was off that fucking thing on my wrist. But how long have I been out here? How far am I going? What's my heart rate telling me? Or like, you know, you have, people who have garments, like you get that little like fucking performance thing yeah. or whatever. You're like 30 minutes and it's like minus four. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, like, fuck you, you, dude. out here
1: for hours.
0: <laughs> or whatever it is. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm just in a place of my life now. I don't know how long it will last. Where I just I don't need that and I don't want that, I think more importantly. And it's been it's been refreshing to be in the watchless world and uh, gauging everything off of spirit, gauging everything off of how my soul feels and my energy levels. And so I'm really excited to to not have it there constantly and I've been really enjoying my runs. Like I, I have it good in the sense that I have so much control over my schedule, but like I've been like making it a point to not even look at the time. On my phone, when I leave for runs, so I like I I genuinely don't like don't know how long I've run, don't know how far I've gone. All I know is how I felt before I started, how I felt during the run, and how I feel after. And I feel like there's a little bit of magic in 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 some of those weeds somewhere. So Amazing. it's been yeah. it's been really fun.
1: Yeah, and not taking away from what you're out there to do, and actually being like, oh wait, I'm I'm out here in this scenery with these mountains, yeah. and like look what I'm doing. Yeah, like, not letting like the dependence on your watch take away from that whole experience. Yeah,
0: and because that's what it is. That's what it is at the end of the day, this like running 100 miles or running whatever it is, is like, it's a huge adventure that's proctored around you. Like I said, like I want to be selfish with it, but it is like, it's this it's this crazy adventure where like so many of my good buds are gonna just like, r- <laughs> if you think about it, it's kind of like a stone thought. I call this the stone thoughts. I have some good stone thoughts in my, in my repertoire, but an ultra marathon. Is this kind of weird thing that I think in your, you know, day to day brain, you can kind of lose the magic of it just because you do it so much. But like, it's this like set up event where you run in amazing places where people are feeding you. Your friends are there helping you. You run with other friends and you trade friends out for another friend. And then everyone cheers for you, dude. I'm just like, that's like the coolest thing you could ever do. And I just think it's so... You it's, cannot
1: replicate that. You
0: can't replicate yeah. it, and it's special. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of where my head's at with it, and I'm looking forward to, to you know, continuing, like, the hippie vibes without the watch and seeing where I can take I that. Like yeah. I like it.
1: I like it. Well, you. that kind of leads us into the next thing, too, just looking looking forward, even past the bear. We're going to go with the... What's what's the big picture?
0: Nice, dude. This
3: is the big picture.
1: What's next? I know we talked about in the beginning. We're we're trying to put the bear to bed after this. Yeah,
0: the bear so, the bear to bed. So what way. are you thinking down Put
1: the bear to bed? <laughs> Keep it the theme.
0: Uh what's next for me? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm excited to not have like I'm excited to not be in the bear zone, right? So
3: I
1: like
0: that. I think that's first and foremost one of the what's next is I'm excited to not have this kind of big thing sitting on my like early fall calendar. Um I'm definitely more romantic. You know, you hear me like a broken record on the pod. I'm definitely way more romance by like adventures and personal projects. I think, I think I'll continue to race in some way, shape or form. But I think all the work that I do with Brent and with bandits, like that gives my, that I, I wasn't always someone that could be at a race and not run. That was really hard for me. I remember like, I remember like early days, like when I'd go into the Arb with Corey on a hike and I wasn't running. It would bother me, which is weird. I, I, w- I was like, I, I was a Joneser, man. I was fucking fiending for the run. And so, you know, I think the injury has taught me a lot about, you know, first of all, just being a grown up and being like maturing up a little bit. Uh, but it's also just like, it's changed my relationship with running. And so I think, I think that, um, I think I get enough racing exposure by helping put on helping Brent. Put on these amazing events that he puts on, and my relationship with Brent is, is super unique in that, like, he is the force and like the 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 driver behind all these things. And I f- I feel a really cool you know kind of need for him in some of his events, but it doesn't take a lot of time off my plate other than being there uh, to to do those things. So like, I'm forever appreciative for for him for those.
1: Um, I mean, it's nice to get to. You're finding another way of feeding, like, your running soul without actually being...
0: There. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Well, you're
1: still there. And but, I think that's huge yeah. for,
0: like, runners to, like, figure out. Yeah. I and mean, we'll talk about that. And I'll give some advice on that. But I just think, like, being able to be around the sport and donate and push energy into the sport when it's not you that's performing, I think is, import- is an important piece of, like, closing the loop on becoming... A, a, a real like full rounded runner, whatever that, you know, freaking means. But I mean, for for me, I think I'm, I'm forever intrigued by personal projects. I want to do, I mean, I, I'm going to, I got so much more to dink around in the Canyon. I got so many other places in the Grand Canyon that I want to see and figure out. I'll, I'll be down there dicking around for years to come, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm excited to kind of have an open mind again. I haven't had the opportunity to do that. I think for a long time, I was trying to qualify for Western States and I was trying to do all the kind of standard ultra running things. I'm a little less, I'm a little less romanced by that these days. You know, I'm looking for the shit that is off the radar and and the shit that is underground and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know what it will be, but uh, I'd like to also like get a little bit more fit and start being able to hang with the bandits on speakeasy mornings and like try to maybe run pavement and, that's just all a matter of if my body feels like it can handle that and all those kinds of things, but yeah. definitely, definitely continuing to spread my wings and in, in the podcast space, definitely continuing to, you know, sit, you know, second or third, you know, behind Brent at, uh, at with the bandit events and, and, and help put those things on for the community. Cause that's just such a fun way to experience running. Um, and yeah, I think we'll just kind of see what happens from there.
1: So you, Kind of touched on this, but what advice then would you give someone who's new to the running space? Mm,
0: yeah, this is good. I'll go, I'll get my little soapbox here for <laughs> All this. All right,
1: do it. <laughs> it's a time.
0: So we, t- we touched on this a little bit, and it's like I had to learn the lesson. And I think a lot of runners run into this is like, I've had this thought for a long time, you know, kind of shoved down my throat, shoved in my face over the past couple of years, but you know, Lindsay and I were just, listening to a podcast that kind of formalized the the anal- like the like analogy for it. But uh, it's like your identity. Like, how how do you define yourself? What's that guy's name that came on ritual? Like Brad Gilbert or something? Brad something? Yeah,
2: Brad something. He Anyways, wrote a book about change. He's like
0: master of change. It's like the only yeah. thing that's consistent is change. The only thing that is like guaranteed is that shit is going to change. And God forbid if I learned that lesson this year. Um, but I think the the important piece I've taken from that You know, and what I've learned over the past, you know, two years is like when I got running taken away from me, it was really scary time in my life because I had made running my, my full identity. It was all that mattered. Um, It's, it's, it's how I presented myself. It's all these things. So I think my first advice to like runners, people getting into it is like, enjoy the ride. And really fall in love with it. It's really powerful sport, but you got to make sure that you don't let it consume you completely. This Brad guy talks about like making your identity. What's his name?
2: His name is Brad Stolberg.
0: Stolberg, shout out to yes. Stolberg. He, he talks about like uh, making. Uh, he, he basically analogizes analogous analo- analogous.
2: Analogizes. Uh,
0: analogize. Is that a word? <laughs>
2: that doesn't sound right. I think analogous. The verb, an- or-
0: I don't know how he does it. Analog- he makes the analogy. He forms the analogy <laughs>
1: <There
0: you go. laughs> of like comparing your identity to a house. You have different rooms in a house, mm, right? Like My entire house was running. And when I got hurt, yeah. I kind of spiraled. Yeah, I kind of felt like I empty. had no self. The house is fucking empty. And so I think that's the, one of the bigger things I've learned with running is like, it's amazing. But people fucking people who do it fucking love it. Everyone fucking loves it and you got to be careful um and it's not like it's a bad thing but you just have to like be cognizant of the fact that you have self-worth and way other you have self-worth in so many other sectors of life so drink the kool-aid for sure but keep an eye on how far into the into the punch bowl you go i think that would be number one and then number two i think that's that is like paramount is find ways to be involved in running that don't involve you running yeah and i think that that takes time It took me time. It took me years. It's not something that you need to beat yourself up for if you're listening to this right now and you haven't done something related to running outside of running yourself. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty, but it's like, there's so many other ways to be involved with the sport. There's so many other ways to be involved in, you know, movement in general that I think it's, I think it's really important to, to find those ways, be patient with yourself, but find the ways that you can get involved. Because running is such a powerful thing. Um,
1: and it's just nice to give back to the community. It makes you feel good. Yeah.
0: It's selfish. You know, like, I mean, like, you know, if you really want to call a spade a spade, like, the work I do with the pod is like, yeah, I'm like nice. And yeah, I'm donating my time or whatever you want to call it. But like, I fucking love it, dude. And it's, it's selfish. Like It shows. I get the, I get the best. I always tell Lindsay this and everyone will be jealous here. I get the best version of the PRP. Because I'm the only one who gets to really have the conversation before people race. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who's attached yeah. to the story with the race still pending. Yeah, the listenership gets the whole story, and it's then a the race journey, report at it's the end. It's not
1: about it's it's not focused on what actually happened. Like, yeah, of course you give like your yeah, like you said the race report at the end, but you you make it very clear that that's not what this is about.
0: Mm-hmm. And I get the best version yeah. of it because I get to listen to it before people run. I get to cheer for people while they run. I get to connect with them offline after they run. And so it's it's a little bit of a selfish pursuit, but I found a way to parlay it into something that is meaningful to other people. And I feel lucky. I don't feel like I like premeditated that. I kind of like lucked out with a lot of this stuff, but uh you know, I feel like that's it's a very true thing. And then I'll, the third thing I'll say it sounds like a kind of like my whole advice on running is like <laughs> how to not get too wrapped up in running which is a good illustration of like where i am in my life but i think my third piece of advice and final piece of advice is don't get so into running that you lose friends not like lose friends but like have friends that aren't runners yes i think that is so freaking important dude because i just like need people to talk to and hang out with that don't aren't maniacs about running (laughs) You know, I just have to do it, dude. It's, it's,
2: it's a good fair point. Both.
0: It puts you yeah. it puts you in check, dude. Yeah. And it helps you realize like, Jesus Christ, I'm a bit of a fucking maniac. But
3: you Yeah, thr- it's like you
1: don't realize how crazy we sound until you talk to someone who's not in the running community and they're like, Do you what like the this fuck? is insane yes. what you guys do? Yes. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah.
0: I had a tailgate. I right. Yeah. I hosted a tailgate at my house the other day yesterday. Yeah. And I'm talking to people like, oh, it's something that's like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy runs 100 milers or this guy's doing this. And you look at people's faces and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's good. I think it's like I try to keep the running stuff pretty low key around people who don't run, especially the podcast, especially the ultra running stuff, because it's so like
2: extreme. It's so extreme. <laughs> yeah. People have a lot of questions. Yeah. And that's like, <laughs> I don't even want to go
0: down that road at first. I loved it. Right. At yeah. first, like when you first get them like, yeah, yeah, like I kind of course. want uh, this to work its way in. <laughs> but now I'm to the point where it's like, I, I, I don't avoid it necessarily like the plague, but I like, you know, I'm not going to take you there if it's, if we're not going to arrive there naturally. And I do just feel, um, I just feel like having people in your life that aren't all about it Constantly twenty four seven drinking the drinking the juice, it's good for you. It's good to have it's good to have that thing. Could and then some
1: grounding. Yes. <laughs> and then
0: my last thing, even, I know I'm on my soapbox. I said this is my last <laughs> thing, but I'll get one more. <laughs> I, I talked about this in Cindy's episode a few episodes ago. But this might be, even though it's coming last, it might be the most important part. Running your relationship with running as a runner is yours. It's no one else's.
1: Snaps to that. You
0: have to, you have to, it, it's going to take you a while to, to develop the confidence in yourself to, to go down that road. But that is the case. And the quicker you realize that and the quicker you learn that and the quicker you start running with that as your North Star and as your lighthouse, you'll be happier. You can see how your friend does it and you can take a piece or two from them. You can see how some pros do it and you can take a piece or two for them but build it yourself, construct it yourself. That's it. It sounds simple. It's not, it's not simple. It took me a long time. I still struggle with it, you know, and I'm uh, at certain times I'm better than others, but like your relationship with running is yours. No one else can tell you how to have that relationship and just have confidence in the way and the version of running that you found that you love. Jessica said Jessica fucking nailed it. She said find your happy place, find your happy pace.
1: Oh yeah. I I love that.
0: I was just like mm. you
1: should and write so write that on the wall. Really in here, all. dude. So that's
0: that I mean that's my biggest yeah. piece of advice with it all. I, obviously, I've gotten too wrapped up in running and I'm on that journey of kind of like leveling out now and not taking myself so seriously and the running so seriously, but truly, running has been the most powerful thing that I've ever discovered and I've had much healthier Relationship with it ever since I just started trusting myself and doing it my own way
1: yeah. nothing so. to add well said Woo. mic drop you're basically done now <laughs>
0: <laughs> try it, people.
1: people <laughs> um, but we'll we'll circle back a little bit to kind of the actual the weekend itinerary and what, what the plan is let's what do it is for the bear
0: let's do it
3: what's the plan for the big race weekend what's the plan what's the
1: I think that's the jingle that gets stuck in my head the most that's a outside of the intro. That's a good that's a, it's a catchy one.
0: <laughs> that one's never going to go anywhere. Um, all right,
1: Adam. What are the travel plans? I mean, I've been a fly on the wall with your email threads for all the logistics, and man, yeah. ultra logistics. You're gonna taste. You're gonna taste for the whole magic, baby. Beast. So take us through that. I'll hit it quick. Yeah.
0: I fly in on Monday. Lindsay flies in on Wednesday. The rest of the crew is flying in on Thursday. We have a ridiculous amount of vehicles. I kind of feel bad about the carbon footprint of this whole situation. Um,
1: but you have to. I know,
0: I know. But <laughs> yeah. fucking once yeah. in a blue moon, for Christ's sake, <laughs> when 19 vehicles come to help Adam run 100 miles. Not but quite, not, not quite. How big
1: is your squad? Let's
0: Dude, we like got that. the freaking squad. Okay. okay, so with the squad, we got we got uh, Mama Bear, Nance, and Linz. Those are the two kind of like main pivot crew pieces that'll be kind of crew chiefs. And then we have uh, Mike Hagedone, uh, Dan Hughes, and my buddy, George Hoffman, uh, who are all just like tremendous athletes within their own right. And then one last pacer, Stephanie Boykin, who is uh, she's been on the pot.
1: I she's, yes, a PRP uh, alum, she's a PRP right? alum. She's
0: like a new to running runner. She loves it. And I was just awesome. also like raised in diapers with her. So she is like literally a sister to me. Cool. So I have a, an unbelievable team. Everyone's going to show up uh, Thursday. We're going to have a, a team dinner. Uh, just out at a restaurant uh, in Logan uh, where the race starts. Same restaurant we went to last year. So what yummy.
2: kind of food? Do you I already know? I don't even know? know. It was like Greek. It was like Mediterranean. Does that even matter as yeah. much with ultras? Like no. what you're eating the day before? Um, okay.
0: I mean, no, I mean, It doesn't. We're I gonna, think it
2: matters per like personally what you can tell. We're going to
0: avoid like greasy yeah. food and shit, but yeah. I'm so less disciplined with that. Yeah. yeah. And like that's the cool thing about the nerves too with the ultras is like, it may not be the case every time, but like for me, like I love the 100-mile distance. At least for, the, I, I mean, I don't love it, but I love this part of it is like, I don't really get nervous before it. And certainly this, this year, I don't get nervous on Thursday because like Friday things will go well. I know that, I know that for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine hours on Friday, I'm going to be jamming. I'm going to be in the mountains. I'm going to be like looking at good views. I'm going to be having mm-hmm. snacks.
1: What time does it
2: start?
0: 6am, 6am on Friday. So like my okay. GI and all that shit, everything's going to be chill on Friday.
2: And you've already done that part of the course. Too. Yeah. And yeah. Where,
0: th- where things start to get scary is like, you know, come nighttime and the GI starts to kind of fade and you're, you and so I think I'll, I'll start to experience a little bit more nerve, n- you know, nerves and anxiousness, like towards like sunset time on Friday. Okay. Just kind of g- trying to gauge like, all right, how's this really going?
1: Are you like expected to like end in the middle of the night or is it like the next morning? Like I don't even.
0: So the cutoffs at s- Saturday at 6 PM. Yeah. I'll be lucky to I'll be lucky to be, I'll be lucky to be comfortably under. I think it's going to be you know a potential like Lindsey Green buzzer beater situation There's. Yeah,
1: what she got? I'm gonna
0: use all my I'm gonna use every fucking minute and second I have. So that's the plan. Uh, I have a tremendous crew. Shout out to the crew. I love you guys. I'm gonna give you guys plenty of love and appreciation this weekend. But
1: will I you got, have someone with you at every point?
0: No, I don't get to pick up a pacer until mile thirty-seven. But then once I'm at mile 37, I think we've finally come up with the order as of today. We got Mike coming in first, then Dan then George for a big long section. Uh, At the end of the section that George is with me is when I dropped out last year, which is at mile 75. Yeah. And then Dan comes back in for a second. So Dan and Mike each have two shifts. George has one long shift. And Stephanie has one shift so after George it goes Dan Stephanie and then Mike's gonna finish the race with me Awesome. So it's a good crew. So after mile Sorry. 37, I got buds
2: and that's when you need it yeah. That's
0: when I need it. And also like I'm not great at getting paced. I'm like I can be kind of a grouch
2: Kind of is i can
0: gonna be kind of a grouch of like, I'm not like a lot of ultra runners, which I love like I love you I love ultra the ultra community, but a lot of you motherfuckers like you start hurting and that's when you start thriving <laughs> You're too happy. That's not not me, bro. As soon as it starts hurting, I'm like, fuck this, dude. I
1: feel like I would vibe with that way more. Yeah.
0: I just like, you know, I like, like I said, too, like, I'm a bit of a pity party person, especially when Lindsay's out there. Like, I love some Lindsay lap time. I
2: love the brunt of it. It's super fun. I love,
0: I love putting my head in. She's here for it. I love putting my head in Lindsay's lap, dude. I'm a little baby. I'm a little baby. But yeah, definitely part of the strategy this year is we calculated, um, Last year, you know, I dropped out around 10.30 a.m. at mile 75. And at that point, I had, I think, cumulative just to mile 75. I think I had spent close to four and a half hours in aid station. (gasps) And that's just like, you know, that catches up. It sounds like a crazy amount of time, I know. But, like, in the moment, it didn't seem that way. Like, there were two long sections for sure. And the section where I picked up my brother, which was at, like, 2.30 in the morning... It was so fucking cold.
2: So cold. So which many is something we should talk now. about real quick too. There's yeah. these
0: things at Bear Lake called sinks. I don't know if you know what a sink is. You can Google it and it's look it, it Peter's up. Peter sinks. Right. This is specifically called Peter sinks, but it's a it's a baby's basically a deep valley in a mountain range where uh, cold like low pressure accumulates. Yeah. And it drops the temperature like 20 degrees lower than the low is that night. And so there there's like it's like one of the coldest places in Utah is on this course. Anyways, I froze my fucking ass off well, last yeah, cause, year.
2: Cuz what happens is you you climb and get hot and then it's like substantially colder when you're going down.
1: It's like your body's so going through these like extreme temperature yeah. changes. I mean okay. tons
2: and tons of people dropped out with how cold it was. And that was an unusual last year. year last year? No. No, I think people it's just... just cold, dude. Yeah, and people just aren't always prepared, you know, like we weren't. It's, <sighs> it's hard to prepare for with that kind of, like, layering. And it was
0: cold as fuck last year, dude.
2: So for those of us who aren't in the ultra <laughs> realm,
1: like, what are you bringing with you? Like, not in the aid stations. What's on your back when you're running?
0: Yeah, I mean, in the night, it's going to have to be more infrastructure. Yeah. I, I think what really fucked me over last year is... I, I kind of caught some GI distress right around mile 50. I think I was eating as much as I should have been, but mm. I, I think I took the nutritional. I mean, Lindsay and I are going to agree to disagree you here. You
2: quite eating enough as I right.
0: should have been. All right, all right. All right. We're going to get there. Let me we're go, go first. Lindsay, the mic. Let's, for we're going to arbitrate like. here. I'll, I'll go first. She's the and arbitrator. I know. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> all right. Let me go first. Then you go, then okay, you go a second. Okay, okay. I got put on a very strict dietary uh, re- regimen through Lindsay, shout out to Kayla too, Trin, Trin all, all of our nutrition friends. But here's the deal. I think that I was eating more than I should have been only in the sense that I hadn't been training with that amount of nutrition. So was I eating the amount that I should have been? Carbs, grams, whatever per hour? Sure, but I hadn't done a great job at training for that. And then I, and then I was drinking the the okay, let's stay on this plan's Kool-Aid so hard for the first 50 miles of that race that my GI come like 11 p.m. was in such distress last year that I just said, I just stopped eating. I said, fuck it. I'm not eating anymore. I can't do this. And what happened there was that it it, it kind of was like a forced bonk. And then in the Peter Sinks, I just didn't quite have enough pace and enough energy to stay at a cadence that was keeping my body warm. So I was oh, I was freezing and I was shivering. Yeah. Which that burns calories too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was in like a little elbow shiver. And I was like kind of like walk, limping, running. And it was just a bad it was just a bad situation, dude.
1: So what's the nutritional plan this year with that having happened last year? Pretty, should, should I give the mic yeah, to Lindsay to for that?
0: It's pretty it's pretty <laughs> open ended this year.
2: Yeah. We haven't fully ironed it out, but I think we, so I think one thing that happened last year is kind of what Adam said, is he got really gung-ho about kind of like those first 50, 40 miles of feeling like the nutrition plan was working really well. And I think that that type of nutrition plan, it was much more like applesauce and gels and gummies. more liquid. Yeah. And, oh, okay. Um, so it was just, it was a lot of just like straight sugar, um. which... As many of you guys know, can cause lots of GI issues, gut rot, all the things. Um, oh. Go straight through, yeah, it's Jesus not fun. Christ. So, but I think what happened is like we had we had planned essentially like the nutrition previously um, a couple nights before. We had it all like packaged out in little things for aid stations up through mile fifty, and then we were kind of kind of like reassess the situation adam was feeling so good from doing the first bit that he was like i just want the same thing for every aid station and then that didn't go super well so to say the least so um this year we have kind of readjusted i don't we definitely haven't perfected it we haven't talked about like what we're doing exactly Um, but definitely approaching the liquid calories a little bit different this year to get more carbohydrates through that without it being such like a concentrated solution and also making sure you have water. Um, but I think the other part of it is we've always really struggled with like, what's going to sound good when you're in that situation in terms of like whole real food. So, um, we would do things like, you know, that we would eat on like a day to day basis, like. A wrap or some sourdough bread with turkey and hummus and avocado and cheese. Okay. Or something, which, like, normally Adam would be all about. But when he's out there in those, he's like, that's fucking disgusting. Don't give that to me. I will punch you in the face if you try to feed that to me. Not that hard I of never, a
0: critic. I've never threatened to punch yeah, you in okay. the face. I'm sorry. Let's reject that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's never threatened to punch me in the face. I will. I will put that out there. there. You yeah. but the, yeah. the vibe I'll is it, very much like get, I will not eat that. Yeah, get that yeah. shit out of here. Okay. So are you doing so? Any solid? So it's yeah.
0: li- it's much more laissez-faire this year.
2: Okay, but, but it's but
0: it's more in the spirit of like this watch thing. Like, yeah, go I yeah, yeah. feel? Yeah, I know but I have to eat, but I. All right, all right, all right.
2: It is um very much like. When he's out there, it's a little bit like the the palette of like a kindergartner, and I don't say that as an insult. It's just like keeping it incredibly simple, Mm -hmm. like literal Wonder Bread esque bread with like turkey and a slice of cheese. Yeah, Like
0: one slice of turkey, one
2: One slice of turkey, one slice of cheese. No hummus. Bare minimum. Yeah. Super easy to get
0: down. No no accoutrement.
2: Yeah. Just like which is hard for me hard for me because as we talked about i love cooking and i love a garnish and all, <laughs> sauces and all the things so
0: <laughs> fuck your garnishes you, you gotta the have bear. that
2: garnish <laughs> out <laughs> there
0: anyways that's the plan <laughs> <There you
3: go. laughs> all right
2: yeah that's the so, plan so more simple foods
0: yeah more simple yeah, foods okay. more liquid calories more gauged off feel a little less militant yeah. I, I know what i need to eat I, i've done this long enough now i've been out there especially in, in times when i'm alone and not supported where i know what i need to do i've learned a lot from her and and all of her nutrition people like i know what i need to do Mm -hmm. i need to not be a baby about it and i need to just like step up to the plate and do it easier said than done oh for sure Um, but anyways the rest of the weekend uh, i hope to finish uh some before 6 p.m on saturday okay and then we have a um we have a cabin in bear lake which is where the race finishes for saturday and sunday Oh, Uh, there's like a hot tub there's a grill you know, oh, every, everyone k- kind of has different departure times uh, on Sunday and, and, and Monday, but, you know, everyone's going to kind of trickle out when they need to based on their own schedule. But definitely the plan is to, like, get done and have a space where we can all kind of hang out and celebrate a little bit. And yeah, and
1: give yourself time to, like, enjoy and yeah, hang yeah. out with the That's friends. the hope,
0: dude. The re- I think, important. like, the, the subsidiary, like, D goal is, like, finish the race and somehow have some energy. To hang out with the boys afterwards, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I
2: think think, uh, might need a nap first. (laughs) I think I think Nancy and I would be the first to tell you that Adam was always forever hopeful about the finish line. (laughs) So forever
0: hopeful, baby. Yeah, I am. Would you not be? Yeah. I just get a little grouchy out there. Long long runs fuck me up, dude.
2: Like we said, I mean, a little is I, I just am not, a, fuck I'm, a, lot of I'm not a champion
0: up. of attitude like <laughs> others are. I look up to those that can do it with a smile on their face, but...
1: Dude, I had a pity party for myself today in a pretty shitty, shitty long run. run. So I'm I get a, it. I get it. Dude,
0: that's on the pity party, We're, dude. I'll I'm fucking, all about
1: the pity party. When I'll it, fucking when throw it. a mean
0: it. pity party for Adam, dude. Like, for, <laughs> fuck this, dude. I remember <laughs> I was telling her last year, I was like, I don't even want to be here. Aww. That's one of my goals this year is to like... Yeah. That's another goal is like not acknowledge that i've made the decision acknowledge i'm here and when the hurt comes which i know it'll come is like not getting that space of that far negativity of just like don't don't do that don't don't do like the whole like i don't want to be here why did i even do this like I, I get to that those places sometimes when it really hurts and i just think i need to be a little bit more like all right i chose to be here you know all right, like we're doing this like less like god damn it why did i do this and more like all right this sucks right now
1: feel the hurt but
0: let's pivot out of it yeah move
1: on from it yep Yep. Yep, yeah very good is is code brown like much of a thing then for
0: you know i think it's way you know it's way more chill on the trail i'll definitely go on the trail i'll definitely drink coffee (laughs) the morning of i'll definitely poop the morning of Race is at six though i i don't think i'll shit i don't think i'll shit twice i do shit twice in the morning normally I like like to live and work from the house.
2: Inconvenient times. I'm
0: a big, I'm also like pooping. (laughs) I almost poop after I eat almost all the time. So that's why she says that. Because we'll have a date night or even like at home (laughs) date night. We'll
2: have dinner and it'll be perfectly ready and the pasta is like piping hot and ready to go and it's like, Perfect, uh, mm. and then it's gonna get cold, and sorry, he's babe. a long time pooper. So, sorry, babe. <laughs> like, We gotta take a pause, really.
0: But yeah, poop poop is like super low key worry for me. I shit on the trail last year at Bear, uh, it was a good time. I'm, I'm, Don't I'm, most I'm, people, yeah, for sure. I mean, or you're out there do for you that, go long. that
1: long without
0: you're out there for that okay. long. You know, your poop is a little weird though. When you've been when you use all that nutrition, Oof. like a mid middle of the race, hundred mile poop, it's kind of like a cat poop. <laughs> Your body has <laughs> sucked every possible piece out it's of that. Super
1: dry, and small. Oh, it's like no. a fucking
0: <laughs> like ooh, kind of doesn't feel good. But uh, you no, know, yeah, no code brown worries for me. And I don't really ever think I had code brown worries back in the road marathon days either. I'm like, I'm I'm good for a good shit in the morning. If I'm at home with no stakes, like I'll 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 shit multiple times in the morning. But I'm I'm always hoping for one good solid one, and and it usually comes. So
1: your body kind of knows. Yeah, it knows what's up. All right, moving forward. Last We're section. Through last section. Look good. What you wearing? Run good. Somewhere. So tell me about the drip babe. All right, what you wearing? Yeah. I mean, but I know you're like switching layers, but I can
0: run it quick. Yeah. I'm not like the drippiest dude. I got some good, we well, got the PRP merch. So mm-hmm. I got to be rocking the PRP merch.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, my mom, uh, you know, obviously a huge fan of the PRP, huge fan of Adam. Which I love.
2: Number one fan. I love
0: like 95% of the time. Shout out to Nancy. Shout out to Nancy. The other 5% of the time, I'm like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph won. <laughs> love you, Nancy. But uh, she purchased uh, she purchased um, merch for everyone, PRP merch specifically, for everyone that's coming to bear. And then we're doing what a- What a gem. So we're doing the classic PRP logo, the one that I'm wearing now. But then for my dad, who is a big Winnie the Pooh guy. We're also doing a three-inch screen print of Winnie the Pooh on this other side of the shirt, and because it's bear, the bear 100.
1: That's amazing. So the the crew he's going to be with
0: you. Yeah. So the crew's going to be kind of all matching. All the colors aren't the same, but everyone in the crew is going to get a a little bit of PRP swag thanks to Mama Hughes. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm changing clothes a lot. Okay. Um, I'll definitely be in shorts all day Friday. I'll be in the yellow or the or the or the um, tan PRP I think during the day. Uh, my shoes are the New Balance Hero Hi- Hyro
1: are those specific trail shoes They're like trail, They're I've, been looking, trail. I've been looking I've
0: been looking for a trail shoe for a long time that is like a good hybrid okay. of road and trail because of, we live in Ann Arbor because I run from my house You know I'm on most runs like I like a I like a trail shoe that is gonna cover me on the trail But that doesn't feel like I'm wearing like soccer cleats when I'm on the pavement And that's been hard to find. Mm -hmm. These shoes are a little bulky on pavement, but not too bulky. So they've been, uh, they've been what I've been wearing and they've, you know, they starting to like show up on Amazon for cheaper. But I'm like, let's fucking go, dude.
1: Are you wearing like brand new shoes? I'll have
0: one pair of brand new and one pair of broken in. Okay. And I'll probably go back and forth.
1: Two pairs. Yep. Um,
0: And then, yeah, you know, suit up, super suit up in the nighttime, probably overkill to be safe based on what happened last year.
1: Yeah. Gotta learn
0: from Um, it. I remember I passed someone last year and they were in like full ass winter fucking like oh zooted, dude. Winter fucking full on and I was like, I just remember passing them
2: pants and stuff.
0: And thinking, if I saw you two hours ago, I would have thought you were fucking nuts. And I see you now, and I'm like, I'm fucking so jealous of this guy right now.
1: <laughs> like, you're brilliant. You're
0: zooted in the fucking snow gear, dog. And <laughs> I want that. That's someone
1: that's done that race. So, there exactly. There it yeah. is.
0: And so I think it's going to be a little bit overkill at night. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm nothing special. I got my sick fucking banana visor.
3: Oh, yeah. Fucking that you
0: gave me. Oh. Um, big visor guy. Always have been. I, I have some Oakley glasses, um, some darker shaded ones for, like, high uh, noon You know when I'm not in trails that are covered, and then some lighter orange ones that are for better a little bit for when I'm Mm -hmm. like in covered trails or when it's uh, morning or evening. But uh, yeah, it's more about I'm I'm less I'm less drippy than the. It's
1: more about function when it's way
0: more about function. I love the I love to rep the PRP. I think that having the banana banana on the on the left chest is is a good reminder for me about what I'm doing and why I'm out there. It gives me a way to kind of like reflect back in times of doubt. But um and the Winnie. That's right, and the Winnie, dude. That'll be huge. And I think um, my buddy George, who is going to be out there with me at the hardest part of the section, um, that, you know, the hardest part that I really struggled with last year and where I dropped out at the end, uh, he lost his dad uh, in April of 2020, which is kind of a crazy time to lose a parent. And then he lost his mom about a month after I lost my dad. So he's been on his own journey with this kind of stuff, and he's actually going to come on the podcast later this uh, season, which I'm really excited about. But him and I plan to do some ash spreading out on our section, and I honestly will probably spread a little bit of ash with everyone that's out there with me. I think that that might be a little bit of a struggle because I've taken my dad's ashes with me this summer to a lot more places than I've spread them. I don't know if you've done this at all or experienced this at all with Steven, but, like, I take him and I kind of, like, think I'm going to do it, and then, like, the time is never...
1: Right.
0: doesn't really feel right. Like, I've spread I've spread him in a couple cool places, but I've taken him, you know, four times as many places as he's been spread. So I'm not really concerned about that. I'd like to have that moment with everyone that's out there because everyone that's coming out there with me is really close to me and, and to, you know... Deserves to share that time and space with me. And I think they'd be, it would be meaningful to me and them to do that. But I also think that the realities of racing sometimes and the realities of like having a little bit of pressure and feeling like you're on the clock, um, they might not happen. So I'm not setting a crazy expectation to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, even, even if it's not spreading, but you're still carrying him with him. carrying
0: him with I I mean, for, i'll for sure yeah. be carrying him with In yeah many
1: ways, i mean that's still
0: so i'd like to like just do a tap out here and there you know with each with each with each person that i'm with at some point and i think that i'll have the you know the cognition and the ability to kind of think about that and do that as i roll but i'm but i'm not setting an expectation and i won't you know be disappointed on the back end if that doesn't happen but uh i definitely want i definitely want to especially do that with george uh George and I yeah. both we George and I both spread some ashes this summer uh and we were just like on a mountain peak together and we did that and it was just like
1: grief connects yeah it was one of
0: the it was one of the, like the it was one of the more powerful moments i mean even even then i you know beyond what i had like going through my dad's like celebration of life it was just like <sighs> It was one of those moments where, like, the <clears throat> or like the I don't know, the situation is like bigger than you, and you realize it immediately, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And I know that, I know that George experienced that. At the, it was cool because like we experienced that at the exact same time, and I didn't feel like I'm going through this, and I'm kind of like <laughs> making someone else go through this with me, and kind of like I knew that they'd hold space, but they're kind of like, ugh. I, I knew that George was feeling that same thing. Uh-huh. And so it was, it was super powerful. So I, I look forward to doing that with everyone that is coming out this year because everyone that is going to be there is a big part of um, my life. And um, yeah, I I think that I've learned from you that, um that it's better to be open and, uh, you know not shy away from grief because you never know um you just never know who's watching and you never know who can learn and grow and have confidence or figure out a way for them to grieve or feel better about things they're going through based on what you do so kudos to you for being someone in my life that (laughs) taught me that so yeah I, i don't i don't shy away from like uh Leaning into that, um, and uh, so I'm, I'm. I mean, it's sad, you know, but yeah, uh, course. but I look forward to it too. It's like a, it's sadness and it's grief, but it's also an opportunity to like <clears throat> strengthen my relationships with other people, and I feel like that is super powerful, and I would rather yield that for something that could, you know, for the greater good than to shy away from it and be scared of it. So
1: that's a beautiful way to incorporate him. Yeah, it into is. the event, and he be
0: and, and he'd be stoked on it too. Oh yeah, he'd be he stoked so. on it too. So, anyways, so anyways, yeah, and that's so that completes the what I'll be wearing section
3: of the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We had Uh, have tears at some point. Always, always, dude. All right. Well, Uh. on that note, I think we're winding down. I know we're winding down. This has been fun. Closing. You've been a
0: great host, Michelle.
1: Yeah, you have been, Adam. You've been a great guest host, (laughs) Lindsay, and Adam. You've been a great guest on your own show. Been having fun.
0: (laughs) It's good times.
1: Um, Well, so with the wind down. Let's start with maybe kicking the mic over to Lindsay. Some advice that you might have for Adam for his big day. Oof.
2: Big days. <laughs> sorry. Days, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Multiple yeah. days. Excursion. <clears throat> <clears throat> she knew this part was coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I low-key forgot this part was coming. Until oh, like, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <no, good. laughs> until like sorry. 10 minutes ago. I mean, that
1: makes
0: so you, it more raw. It makes it more real, dude. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I guess those don't usually know.
2: We like it. You know, I think I think as you've talked about, this race is so much about in some ways like being able to put to bed like a mindset that you had of running and like embracing this new relationship with running. And I'm just excited. I'm excited for you to do that. I'm excited for you to like put this to rest. I guess in some ways, it just has felt like such a long journey. I think, you know, obviously for you and then all of the people who have been here to support you. And we love to do that. But I think we're also just like so excited to see you get to accomplish this. And I also, uh, I just know that the mindset that you're in, like you can do this. And I know that there are going to be moments where you are just pity party Adam and I will be the first to joke it's actually funny that Adam said earlier that he would stop the race if uh he broke a leg which obviously I wouldn't make him keep running if he broke his leg <laughs> which I would like that to be clear but I have, I have said this entire time that we are getting him across that finish line and my line has always been I don't care if both of his legs are broken yeah. <laughs> which asterisk, I I do care. (laughs) But I think like when you're in those moments, I just want you to like be able to have some reminders of why you're really doing this and what it means to you to be in that space in a different way than you have been for so many years. And I also know that if I try to tell you those things or remind you, you will (laughs) (laughs) you won't listen to me or take me seriously so this is me now reminding you that you are the only person that can remind yourself in those moments while you're out there you have a great crew and i'm so grateful and excited for dan and mike and george to all be there for you because i really think it's gonna help but at the end of the day, like even though they have done their own really intense training and really intense races and know what it's like to be in that deep pit of pain, you're the only one who's going to be able to remind yourself to be in that mindset. So I think my advice is just like, I believe in you. I trust you to do this, but also like this is your journey and you have to remind yourself to be gentle with your own brain and your own spirit out there and i know that that's important to you so just being able to remember that in those deep moments is my advice yeah
0: beautiful Beautiful. i love you
2: and i love you. you Well, hard to follow that. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was great. Especially
1: you didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this part was coming.
2: This beautiful, really intimate. I I, I promise, I forgot. It sounds like I didn't, but I can hear in my own voice that it sounds inauthentic. But I am no, 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 I did forget. We're
0: kidding.
1: It was very genuine. It was, it was incredible. I mean, to the point where. I feel like I kind of want to let her advice simmer and I'm going to kind of take a little different angle myself. Okay. I kind of just want to put it out there that, I mean, first of all, I just want to say thank you to you for creating this space for runners, like with the podcast, creating this space for runners of all abilities to share their stories and connect with each other, whether it's in person or just, you know, feeling connected to someone that you're listening to on your podcast and i just feel like you've you've shown this community, this running community that you don't have to be a professional runner for your story to matter and to be heard. And if anything, i mean those are those are the people we want to hear from even more. And you've just created this very unique space for that to be real and heard. And i just feel like the the PRP has kind of been this mediator to connect like, all the dots between various running groups and people and communities, even outside of Michigan. I mean, I know tons of people that listen to this that are not in the area, and they, they like to make sure they're <laughs> represented from <laughs> all different states, all parts of the country. It's just incredible. And I feel like I'm, I'm sure I speak for the rest of the PRP listenership when I say that we're just so excited to finally get to support you, mm-hmm. to hear your story, and to go on that and to kind of be a part of your running journey, because you've always been here for everyone else. I and mean, we, we, you've put so much into this community. You've really, you've done something that no one else has done. And you have a team behind you. It expands even further than your epic crew that you have in person. There are tons of people rooting for you. And, and you know this too. It's It's about the bigger picture. It's not even... Not just about this race, but just to get to see you go through this journey and do something for you after you've done so much for us and the rest of the community. It's incredible. I'm excited.
2: And Thank you've got you, this. You Thank guys you. both got me crying. Uh,
0: well, I appreciate that, Michelle. And I just want, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it makes me happy to hear that, uh, <clears throat> that you feel that it is a safe space for runners to come. Because I just feel like I definitely didn't start out with that being the goal necessarily. I didn't have this like, grand vision of what this all was going to be. But that's definitely what I feel like, like I try to cultivate. Like that, I feel like that's what I, I'm trying to do now. So it makes me really happy that that's being felt and heard.
1: It really and, uh, is.
0: And Lindsay, I just want <clears throat> to... <sighs> <sighs> I just want to express my appreciation... I want to express my appreciation for you just (sighs) just on the side of like just letting me do my thing just letting me be who I am and like you know, you get, You get like, you get annoyed with me and we get, you know, I get annoyed with you, but it's like, that's just like normal stuff. And you just never. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you've never. <clears throat> Michelle,
2: good job. <laughs> we got this.
0: Yeah, you guys buttered me up real good for this. <laughs> you've just never, like, given me shit for following my passion. And you've never stuck my face in it. And you've never, <clears throat> you know you never devalued it and you know, you know how much, how much it like means to me. And I just, I've always really appreciated that. And I know that you're, I know that you're looking for that in your own life. And I know that you are trying to find something that you're this passionate about. And, you know, first of all, it makes me feel, it reminds me of how lucky I am that I found something that I am as passionate about. But I just want you to know that like, as soon as you find what your PRP is, like I'll be here to to support you and doing the same, doing the same thing. So I just, I have, I have so much appreciation for you. I know that sometimes I work on this way harder than I should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I know that it's just like insane sometimes, but I appreciate all the patience you've had for, you know, for me behind the scenes. And uh, I just love you and I'll be there to return the favor as soon as you find what your thing is. So,
3: uh, and
2: well, she, w-
0: yeah. she won't forget that promise.
3: She can promise I promise you that. It's <laughs> in the recording. No, it's
2: recorded. I would like to Fuck. take a moment to publicly say for to the PRP listener, listenership that I would love for the banana gifts to stop. Yeah. No, no please. Never no, no stop. never. Sorry, yeah, Lizzie. Thank you. Sorry, I draw Or at, line. Least, <laughs> at least make them clothing. So it's not kitchen clutter. I've got a
0: banana box. I got a box of banana it's gifts. It's too now. much. It's good.
2: But visors. <laughs> the visors visors are great. Accounts. See, the visor is is useful on a daily basis.
0: So is this. So is the banana safe? Mm. <laughs> yeah, <that's>
1: very useful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome. Don't listen yeah. to
0: her. Let keep or keep the make, gifts coming, make them please. Edible,
2: please. Keep the bananas <laughs> coming. I'm if a minimalist.
0: But I appreciate you, Lance, and Michelle. I appreciate you. Stepping into this role and hosting this thing for me.
1: Hey, you've done a Thanks great for, job. I feel honored that you put me in this role. Definitely. It's been super fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank it's you better. so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Season 3, Episode 12 of the PRP was recorded in Ann Arbor, Michigan, downtown at Ann Arbor Running Company on Ashley Street. PRP intro, outro, and all of our wonderful jingle jams by Mr. Jacob Sigman. All right, PRP listeners, there you have it. And now we are ready for our race report. But because of the epic nature of this race, we have the man here himself.
3: Yeah, baby. (laughs) I'm here.
1: All right, Adam. So I think the (laughs) listeners need to know if we can finally put this bear to rest. So first, let's start with, did you finish, and how long did this monster take?
0: Somehow I finished. Somehow I you finished. You did race. it. You did it. Hell um, yeah, baby. It took me just over 34 hours. I think my official time was like 34, 20-something. I took 191st place.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine being awake for that amount of time, so the fact you were doing that amount of activity is crazy.
0: It was really hard was really hard. I'm sure we'll talk about it here a little bit, but it was extremely
1: hard. Well, that kind of segues us a bit. So, I mean, we know that ultras can't all be running games. It's not all perfect. So let's start with the hardest part. What was the mm. hardest moment of the race for mm. you?
0: There were a lot of hard moments. Um, I felt really good through 50 miles. Uh, I was into the aid station at mile 51, which was like 12,000 feet of climbing and 51 miles. In, and I was in before the 14-hour mark. So I felt like I was really in control. And I felt like I had put in some good miles. And I didn't feel like I was overtaxed. And that was right when it was getting dark. And I was hopeful that I could kind of roll some of that momentum into the night. And as soon yeah. as I started out on the section, there's a 10-mile section from 51 to 61. And that whole section was horrible. My GI just like totally... Went to shit, and I slowed down, and I just started not having as much fun, and luckily, I was able to stay, you know, decently paced at that moment, but that's when things, that was kind of the beginning of the turn for me, and then I was able to kind of get my GI back in check um, through the night, but uh, I stopped at mile 61. And demanded from my crew that I take a nap, even though I told them not to let me do that.
1: <laughs> Did and someone try to stop? They, you all to stop okay. me. <laughs>
0: they all tried to stop me. They all tried to stop me, and then they saw it in my eyes. And then I puked in the van, which sucked. And then that how made, long
1: of a nap was it?
0: Like four or five minutes. Oh,
1: they,
0: they didn't let me. They didn't let me sleep long. I mean, okay. I, and and good on them. I asked them not to.
1: Makes that much harder. To um,
0: so that. I puked, fell asleep. And then instantly had to wake up and start eating.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Sounds terrible. (laughs) So stupid.
0: It's stupid. It's what it is. But then I was able to get back on the trail. Uh, My mom hooked me up with, uh, oh shit, what is it called, bro? Some kind of nausea pill that we didn't... Zofran? Zofran. Yes. Mm. And it was unplanned. We didn't like pack Zofran.
1: Oh, that's so smart. She just hooked
0: me up with a Zofran and that fucking... That... It took a while, Thank you, but that helped. I started the next section from mile 61 to 75 with George. It starts with an insane climb. So out of that aid station, I was really grumpy, really feeling bad. But as soon as I got to the top of that climb, the, as the ground leveled out, the Zofran kind of took over and I, I got into a little bit of a groove uh, there for a couple hours and that really helped.
1: Do you feel like at that point, like before you got over the Zofran hump that there was a chance you wouldn't continue?
0: No, it was different this year. I knew I was continuing. Um, I think yeah. everyone in the crew kind of could see it in my eyes. I just It was just a matter of how much fun or how good I was going to feel while doing it. Yeah. So That's I just true. don't like running with a stomach ache. I mean, I think who does? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're very needy by saying that, but... <laughs> Dude, I stopped during my marathon cuz of stomach ache and just kind of walked and <sighs> sat down on the curb. And I was like feeling very sorry for myself. So I don't know how you did that. Yeah, for
0: the tummy ache, the tummy ache stuff is just not fun, dude.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, turning to a more positive note. What was the most, I don't know, fulfilling mm. moment where you're like, wow, I'm here. I'm really doing this. I
0: think all day on Friday. Uh I think all day Friday. I had a lot of gratitude. Um I I know that course well. Uh and so I just kind of knew where I was. I knew where I kind of struggled last year. I knew where it gets hot. And I also kind of last year racing it knew that my body, at least from my hip and my injury standpoint, kind of, I felt like I was kind of on the clock with that. Like I had a certain amount of battery with that last year. And this year I just felt very powerful and very free. And so I knew what I needed to do. I knew that I, when I felt good, I, I shouldn't linger in aid stations. And I just all day Friday, everything was working. It got a little hot, uh, in the late afternoon, but I, that was when I was with Mike and he kind of helped me power through and uh, Mike was the only person that ended up spreading some of my dad's ashes with me because the vibes were, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I couldn't right. really
0: carry the ash spreading vibe at night after I went to ship, but all day Friday, I think was super powerful. And I think, you know, it's a bigger conversation for a later time, but I think that's what makes me think like, I don't know, a little bit shorter, ultra distance seems to make more sense for me because... I like to run for fun and I like to run for joy and maybe that will change in in my life and maybe that's a happenstance of how my life has been over the past year or so and that there's been grief and challenge in my day-to-day life so running has been an escape for me and you know everything changes but at least for me right now like I want to have fun and then I want to stop when it's not fun like we talked about in the episode so I think all day Friday for sure is the highlight. I wish I could say finishing was the highlight.
1: Oh that was my next question. But I
0: was so Fucking zonked.
1: Yeah. Like, could you even enjoy crossing that finish line? I or was like, really only
0: it... happy because I could stop. Running. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <also fair. laughs> it's like brutally true, <laughs> true, man. I was happy. That's of okay. course, I was happy deep down that I had done it. I was happy that I left the last aid station with plenty of time to finish. I knew that I could power hike the entire last section. There was no stress or anxiety around finishing. Um, but yeah, I think I was expecting more emotions when I finished and I wasn't, I didn't necessarily set a grand expectation and, and was let down, but I certainly was expecting more emotions at the finish line based on what this journey has been for me and like what I felt at the end of other races. And I finished the finish. I just finished. And I was like, oh, man, I, yeah, I came across the finish line and I was just like, I was really just happy that I didn't have to move anymore. I was happy that I could sit down and that no one could tell me that I need to get up and move and no one <laughs> necessarily told me that I have to eat within the next two minutes.
1: <laughs> you're like, no one give me food for the next two minutes. So,
0: and then, then it's always fun to watch other people finish. You know, you're I was pretty close to finishing a golden hour. And so those last couple hours of an ultra before the cutoff, that's when like the true, you know, weekend warriors are, are coming across the finish line. And it's really fun to watch their crew kind of have a lot of anxiety and then see their runner come across. So, I actually was able to hold some space for about half an hour in the chair. Um, and then I passed out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you got to be so physically, emotionally, just completely drained at that point. Not only have you been awake, like I said, awake for that amount of time, but you just put everything <sighs> into that race. Like, I it's don't just, know how you couldn't feel that way. At yeah, the finish.
0: just numbing, just numb, like not even... It just, yeah, it, and I was also like, I was struggling with a little, I always, this will, I'll give my shout out to my ultra runners. So (laughs) I always thought that the hallucination thing in ultra running was like kind of embellished. I've kind of gotten close to that and kind of felt it, but I always kind of thought you had to like lean into that to like, to have it be happening. I was wrong. That shit was happening to me out there on Saturday, not in the night, constantly. I kept, I felt like I kept seeing cars off the side of the trail. There's a lot of like backcountry camping out there. And so every now and then you will see like a trailer or a car off the trail. But I'll tell you like four or five or six, seven times. I would like look out and I'd be like, oh, there's a car up there. It didn't mean anything to me. It didn't mean like, I didn't think like, oh, I'm going to be able to get help from that or whatever. But then I would like double, double take. And then I'd walk by and it was nothing. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) So then I started, then I started triple checking when I'd see them And I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a trailer. And then I'd check it again. And I check it again. I'm like, that's a trailer. And then I get up to it, dude. And it wasn't anything. (laughs) So I was tripping, dude.
1: Oh my God. Your brain is just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Exactly. So I'll give shout outs
0: to the ultra running crew that that was my bad that I judged that that didn't really happen. (laughs) And it did, bro. So yeah, that goes into kind of how I felt. I mean, I just, I was, there's a video of me at the last aid station and you can just, I'm just moving slow, even in the chair, my hands, there's a video of me putting sunscreen on. And I'm just moving at a fucking slow snail's pace, just doing all this stuff. So it's a weird place your body gets to for sure. It's cool, I guess. <laughs> I was like, is it? <laughs> it's cool that you can do that. And it, yeah. it, like I think I, I totally get the empowerment that some people can pull from that. And I don't want to like talk that down and, and and sound negative towards that. I didn't necessarily find empowerment in pushing my body to that level. But I totally get how you can. And I totally get that at a different part in my life or a different point in my life. I probably could find something there, but at least for me personally, like there wasn't a lot in that, in that for me, in that conquering of that. It was cool and I'm happy I did it. And I think it's good perspective, especially with how ingrained in, in the running space I am and with the podcast and like having a little bit of context when I talk to people, but like, yeah, that shit's crazy. Don't need to
1: necessarily do it again. Yeah. To that extreme. Correct.
0: And maybe I will at some point, but at least for now, like we're we're good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good.
1: (laughs) Anything else you feel like you want the PRP listeners to know about with the race or any other?
0: Yeah, I got some quick facts, just some fun ones. Uh, The weather was phenomenal. It got a little hot on Friday, but that's just fine. Then the evening on Friday night and the night was stellar. The full moon came out and was casting shadows out there. There were points on the trail when Dan and I weren't in trees that we had our headlamps off and we were totally moonlit. There was no wind. It was fucking beautiful, dude. Um, Food went really relatively well. My kind of like laissez-faire, like eat what you need and and know that you got to eat. I think it went better than last year. I didn't cramp at all. I think I was on the lower end on the caloric side towards the end, but I I didn't cramp one time out there. That's unbelievable. It's insane. Um, I have no idea how I did that. Uh, I didn't poop this year. No pooping. Nothing. No. Didn't even have the urge. Not even once.
1: But before.
0: And I didn't even poop Saturday night. I pooped on Sunday and it was what? fucking painful, dude. Fucking <laughs> rocks coming out of my ass, dude. <laughs> oh, no. That sucked. I, I was peeing a lot. I think it was the broth. I think broth kind of runs right through you, but I was doing really well with the tailwind. And so I, I, I didn't ever get into like a dark yellow pee state and I peed quite often. So that was, oh, that, was, that was dope. I wore the same shoes and socks the entire time. I never took my sh- socks off. Your socks. I never even? took my shoes off. I have one tiny blister too. That's it. What? I don't know how that happened. That's I the grace like of God, 10 right times there. As
1: many of that right now, dude.
0: I don't know how it happened. That's amazing. Uh, I didn't trip or fall one time. Wow. I don't know how. I always fall. I'm a big trail tripper, dude. Didn't fall once. That's like playing 48 holes of golf and not losing a golf ball, dude. <laughs>
1: that's incredible. I was fucking
0: stoked on that. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have for the quick facts. I'm, I'm grateful. It. Um, You know, I know some of this reflection stuff in my Strava post, I was thinking about it, like, I think some of it may, might sound like I, I'm not approaching this whole experience with, like, gratitude and appreciation, and, and I really am, and I do feel lucky that I get, that, that I have the privilege and the platform to, like, challenge myself like this. I just think for where I'm at right now and everything that, you know, the grand equation of my life, that was way too intense for me. It was really, really, really hard. I was, you know, like we talked about in the episode, I was kind of uh, uh, mean to my crew over in, in the evening just because I didn't have any energy to hold space for them. And so I just think for me and my my, my personality, like the 100 miler is not right where I want to be right now. And that's fine. That's okay.
1: That's absolutely okay.
0: So uh, that shit's crazy, man. But I will say if anyone ever wants to run the bear, Me and my family know that course now, like the back of our freaking hand. (laughs) And I will. I just think I'm a, I think in the ultra space, I was meant to crew people.
1: I could see that. I can
0: bring the vibes. (laughs) I can bring, I'm like, I'm down to run like 10 miles and stay up all night. And then I'll, and then I can take a break, dude. I feel
1: you'd be the perfect person to see in the middle of the night when you're just like.
0: And then I can take a break. I'll drink a beer and you know, and then I'll have some eggs ready for you and I'll get on the trail with you again in the morning. But (laughs) the whole hundred mile thing for me and me being in like the pilot seat for that whole thing. It was a little intense for me, yeah. and I think that uh, I just have so much appreciation and so much, I'm in awe of people who do this. I'm in awe of people who do this on a regular basis and multiple times a season, and like we were talking about before we started recording, I don't know how anyone does this without a crew. Those of you who run ultra marathons out of drop bags are fucking maniacs, dude, <laughs> but not in a negative sense. I think it's, I think it's a tremendous, like, amount of mental fortitude and discipline to push through that so there you go dude and then you know lastly i just want to really thank my crew they all know how much love and appreciation i have for each one of them but definitely as i mentioned before the sentiment holds true there's just not a chance i would have been able to complete the beast without them so Everyone in the Hughes crew, love you guys. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. If you need a support or crew member. For the bear. Adam's your guy. Shout out. <laughs>
0: I just wanted to thank you one last time, Michelle, for coming in, filling the, the hosting roles.
1: Happy to do I
3: it.
0: I really Adam. appreciate you. Love um, being here. And I hear the next episode of the pod's pretty good.
1: Ooh, who's coming on?
0: You know I can't. You know I can't tell you that. Any hints? Um, yeah, I'll give you one hint. This guest uh, was the first guest in PRP history to bring a flight of beer sampling oh, man. and we got a little tipsy on a Friday afternoon so nice. that's all
1: all that's all I'll leave you with. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right PRP listeners, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your run.
0: Enjoy the rest of whatever it is you're doing right now. We'll see you back here very soon.
1: myself a lot more. You do? Is that too much? No.
0: Not for me. Hold on, though. Psst. Psst. Oh, that's... Oh. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Hmm. <coughs> oh. My oh, heart you. Stay on your toes, baby. Stay on your
1: toes, baby. We're ready. All right. I'm ready. Oh, I should have so, my... what do you want to do?
0: Do you want to, like, test the jingles? Or do you want to do anything else first? Or, or are you ready to talk?
1: Are you doing your little intro thing or do you do that at the end? Like you know, I'll do that you at, the end. You'll do at the end. Yeah.
0: I also do play this live. Oh, you've been here. Yeah. I play this live. So that's a good way to get the people in the mood. Get Set them, the tone. Get them
1: going. Get the people going. I think I'm gonna
0: let the hair out and let the hair hair flow. Do it. Okay. Let it down. How do you feel, Michelle?
1: I feel pretty good. You feel nervous? Right. Sorry. <laughs> More excited.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad. I
1: mean, how about you? Are you nervous? I don't know. I think I'm
0: pretty chill. <laughs> Been, I mean, I, this
1: is probably a weird position. For it is a weird to position to be in, right in but
0: now. I've been here before. Is well, this okay? I have okay? a lot of
1: power right now, I feel like. You do.
0: <laughs> it's a powerful seat. <laughs> you can ask me anything without Better it being inappropriate. It <laughs> right now. There's no rules, baby. Run, 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 run. Run, run, run.